if it's an even match and I lost, that means that I am that much closer to like going up like a, a skill tier in this game. If I win and it's an even match, you're over the moon because you've conquered that hill. You, mm -hmm. You've gotten to like the next level. Mm -hmm. And you've hopefully pulled that person up with you because they they also should have the same reaction that you have is like no there is there's something here that I can that I can get better at. Uh, and that's 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 what I love about fighting games. Hello, I am the technical designer Luis Fernando Sandrin and you're watching Beyond the Pixel with Ken Ha, the digital artist. What's up, guy? <laughs> yeah, just keeping you up, keeping on your toes. I mixed it, up, mixed up the intro this time. Cool. I uh, can't actually hear the intro, so I never know <laughs> what's going on. All right, so this time we are gonna be fighting. We're gonna have some fighting words. We're gonna be taking on a whole genre this time. You and me versus a whole genre. Can are you ready for this? So what's up? So fighting games. God, I didn't even know how to segue into this. <laughs> fighting fighting games, games are video games. So I want to take some time to talk about fighting games because I know it's an intimidating genre for a lot of people. And it's a genre that I know I love a lot. Ken, I know you also like fighting games to a certain amount of degree. I like one fighting game. That's the, <laughs> the cold facts of it. It's it, <laughs> it not that I don't like fighting games, but I am extremely interested in one and not so much the other ones. <laughs> And it's but that, I'm interested smash, in what you have right? to say, though. It's melee specific. <laughs> it's melee specifically. It's specific well, I'm hoping that like through this discussion, yeah. I can sort of bring you around to to how you approach fighting. Because can, actually, can talk to me about this. What, why? What makes you? Are you intimidated by fighting games? No, um, I'm not intimidated by fighting games at all. It, maybe earlier on, because it, you know, in general, fighting games are hard. One one on one v like one v one games are 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 typically hard to get get into. Um, no, that hasn't been what's been, uh, keeping me invested. I don't, I don't want to knock fighting games. It's, it's more that I haven't gotten enough knowledge about fighting games to be able to see through the surface of a number mm. of fighting games. Mm. That is like, a very common thing though, because yeah. you do feel like there is this veneer over across fighting games where we're like, of all the games, more so than Dark Souls, more so than any other game. There is a very strong barrier to entry there because you have to sort of understand the genre that is unlike anything else, right? You go and approach a, hard, a difficult game like Dark Souls, it is still a third-person action game. It is still like that kind of game that you are probably familiar with. If you look at it on the surface, it's almost no different than Zelda in a way. You're still running around slashing things and trying to find your way through a world, unlocking keys and going through doors. Even though they're very different games, you sort of have this ground basis. Fighting mm -hmm. games are so specific to themselves. It is unlike any other sort of genre you can compare it to, much like racing games, right? Or is very different from any other type of thing. Now, are you talking about fighting games uh, as a whole, or are you talking about like the multiplayer side of it specifically? Or because you know it could be it could be a bit of a different experience single player. To me, it's hard right? to separate those. To me, fighting games are always, and that's part of the daunting part of it, is that to me they are multiplayer driven games first there there's one versus one you against another player and that's sort of mm -hmm. the appeal for them to me right it mm -hmm. is this it is this sort of competition wrong slideshow it's this sort of competition that you don't have a team you only have yourself uh in most cases you don't have a team it's purely yourself your skill your understanding of the game and its mechanics 
versus yeah. another player. And that's yeah. sort of that's a very intimate sort of competition. And that's probably what makes it also intimidating. Uh, especially in fighting games, is probably the game that you're going to lose at the most. <laughs> you know? It, while, while you're playing. You're probably going to lose more than you win for a very, 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 very long time. And in fact, probably for the rest of your life in playing the game. But well, that's... It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be fun if you didn't lose at some, at some Sorry? point. It, it wouldn't it wouldn't be like there the wouldn't be the joy of fighting games of the victory right if you didn't lose yeah it's same with sort of dark souls right if it wasn't that challenge if we're dying over and over mm -hmm. that success of when like you feel you've dialed that game in wouldn't mm -hmm. exist except now it is purely dialing in almost your connection to like another person and how they play the game and that's sort of like mm -hmm. my where my passion for fighting games comes from it's that sort of bond you can have between game and and and, and player mm -hmm. and the way you both interact with with a game like that mm -hmm. just pitch this over here because i'm kind of off screen there we go um so that's sort of the pitch for fighting games for me right mm -hmm. it's that sort of very very long ceiling very investment heavy that can bring you closer to other players that you can bond between them over this game and that's Something that I think fighting games can do very specifically, more so than other team-based competitive games, because it is purely involved in your skills and how you build them up, and who you right. bring with you on that journey. Right? Who 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 is the person that like introduced you to this world that you train with, that you spar with, and and you bring mm. that relationship with? Who is the yeah. person that's like so much better than you, and you're slowly getting better and getting close to their level? Who yeah. is the person who is going up with you and your rivals and you're trading off victories and you're both improving until you can like take on your entire neighborhood and no one can stop you to because you've just mastered the game yourself it is it is it is very singular in, in the types of ex not singular it's very special in the type of experience you can get from no other game really yeah it's interesting um at least in the smash community and i think it's very similar in other fighting games as well it's very much a community game like you you don't really play any fighting game, um, at least the multiplayer side, in a in a vacuum, because um, there's nothing to keep driving you. Like if you were to just pick up Street Fighter Four by yourself and you were just playing like the computer, there's no drive to get better. But then when you play someone else who has these tricks, and you're playing against like an intelligent being where you're constantly trying to like outsmart them, um, fighting games offer kind of this very very intimate level of connection with your opponent that other games don't offer like league like if you take league of legends for example like the map is so large and most of the gameplay revolves like a bit of the gameplay revolves around your, your interaction with the player the other players but a large portion of it also revolves around you just doing like regular creeps or um, buying items or whatnot right or fighting mm -hmm. games that experience is like you're you're like handshaking with your opponent because yeah. <laughs> as you move forward they're moving back and the concept of spacing in fighting games makes it like makes it such like like a, a mind reading type of um type of like combat mm -hmm. and it's different from game to game either right like you said there's some games where it's definitely focused on 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 spacing the distance between the two characters and what attack ranges everyone has there's not very mm -hmm. combo heavy there's other games like uh, like anime fighters like guilty gear blaze blue uh skull girls all of which, which ones are... did you start off with uh me starting off with yeah uh, like what were your earlier fighting games that you that you played? mortal kombat and street fighter i right, would say yeah. um, the big two. 
I definitely, but that was like, that was more like casual play, I think. Because there was a long time where I never penetrated that surface level of a fighting game, right? I would play Street Fighter 2, I would throw a fireball or two, or I would play Mortal Kombat and then like, it would just do basic dialed combos and all that. There wasn't this understanding of fighting games that, that I want to impart in this video. Um, okay. So, let's get that started. Let's get started with, with, with some of that stuff. So, let's break down sort of the types of fighting games there are. Like, you have Street Fighter is, is one type of game. Um, Street Fighter is a game that's, that's has, that is all about having spaces and figuring out what attacks to use with against your opponent at any time. Then you have anime fighters, which allow you to do like air dashes, very high mobility, um, very high um, skill ceilings mm -hmm. uh, for all the characters because they behave very differently from each other. They have different sorts of rules. So those can always be intimidating. But I would almost advocate one of the most easiest games to get into right now are anime fighters because they have this sort of dedicated fighting game group where they want to focus in on teaching players from the ground up the basics. So what so what are some examples of uh, anime fighters that are like the current generation? Sorry, you're you're cutting out a bit. What is what are some um examples of the current like anime fighters that you're talking about right now? It would be um Guilty Gear, Blaze Blue, mm -hmm. uh Skullgirls. Uh Right. Some people would argue them's fighting herds is a, is an anime fighter uh, because it does have air dashes and it does have uh, combos that change from light, medium to heavy across all characters. Sort of a bit like uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. Right. Uh, the two games I would recommend actually for people that are interested in getting into into fighting games would be either Skullgirls and them's fighting herds. The reason for this is is that. One, they are both relatively cheap on Steam right now. You can get into it for $15, $20, um, very low investment. And if you bounce off it, you bounce off it, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But the most important part is they both have extremely robust tutorials. Tutorials that not only explain to you what is possible in this game, why you want to do it. Them's Fighting Hurt specifically is the one that I want to call out as, as being extremely incredible because they have stuff like like frame data they show you hitboxes they show you how mm. much startup there is on each attack and and what they do yeah uh to your opponent when you hit them and they go through this very slowly with you with like text box explaining like okay when you do an attack it has startup which is the frames of an attack it has active frames which is the frames in which you can actually hit with it then there's recovery frames, which is how long it takes until that attack recovers. And all this stuff seems like complicated at first glance. So, so like, so calm down. Don't worry about it at first. They will get you there to the point where this makes sense. The important part when you start with a fighting game, though, is just to get a feel for what kind of game it is. And these games do that very well. They explain to you very simple concepts. Like, so for some people, it is very weird in fighting games when they approach, how do I block? Where is the block button? A lot of games don't have a block button. Um, especially if they're anime fighters or, or traditional classic games like Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. um, you hold back to block. You crouch to block. And right, yeah, there's some barriers to entry. And the good part about these games, uh, them's, them's Fighting Herds and uh, Skullgirls, is that these are concepts that are catered through almost every single fighting game. Every single fighting game I have played always has light attacks, medium attacks, and heavy attacks 
Some of them might only have three three types of attacks. Some might have four. Some might have six. Mm -hmm. But they all sort of like increase in intensity. And some of the rules they have also carry over. And this game will teach you that. It will teach you that light attacks sometimes change to medium attacks. You can go up the chain like that in certain games. Some games like Street Fighter don't have this. But what Street Fighter does have that these games do teach you is that any of these basic attacks, we call them normal attacks, or just normals for short, can be changed into special attacks, which are moves that you are familiar with seeing, like fireballs in uh, Street Fighter or Scorpion Spear. Those are all special attacks. Mm -hmm. And this is the bread and butter of so many fighting games, is taking normal attacks, turning them to special attacks, and those stringing together becoming combos, which are a string of attacks that your opponent can never break out of. Mm -hmm. This game mm -hmm. teaches the fundamentals of that, and then it goes even deeper, because at the core of a combo, it all comes down to frame data. I'm going to skip ahead here, because I went ahead of my own slideshow. I'm going to show you what Venice Fighting Herd shows. So this is an example of a training screen, right? Mm -hmm. And this looks overwhelming at first, but once you go through this tutorial, this is when the game presents to you with these options. It shows... Here are the collision boxes around the characters. Here are, is what you're actually hitting. Because these characters, they may have ridges, they may have strange things, but at the core of it, they're all just a series of boxes. And boxes that turn red and overlap other boxes trigger hits. It's as mm -hmm. simple as that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And all you're doing to gain a, very, a, a more complex understanding of fighting games than anyone else is understanding that every time you do an attack, you are vulnerable for a period, you do damage for a certain period, and then you have to recover from it. Three very simple phases that are the part of every single attack in any single fighting game is the bread and butter of any single fighting game. Everything else that's laid on top of that, tag systems, super meters, uh, Roman cancels in Blaze Blue, different types of like cancels or dash cancels as you have in like Smash or wave dashing in Melee. All of that is it has to do with getting rid of like your stagger and your attacks and focusing more on doing more active damage phases and leaving yourself less vulnerable to enemies. Mm -hmm. This is stuff that even like in a game that's like not very traditional for fighting games like Smash still takes on those concepts. Right. True. True. Yeah, it's funny to see um, the super advanced tools that are in the more uh, newer fighting games. Like they have the training grounds, which are like first, the training grounds often have like instance uh, settings so that you can re-instance a combo that you want to practice over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny to come from like the melee community or one of the older game communities, like maybe you were playing like Street Fighter Alpha or something like that, uh, where the that data had to either be hacked into through ROMs <laughs> or people would do like like pretty ridiculous things just to figure out the frame data. Um, like uh, for instance, Mewtwo King. Uh, one of the most famous smashers would do this thing where he would pause and then he realized that if he unpaused and paused again the the game would take forward only one frame of data mm. so he would do that to calculate a massive database of everyone every character's like hit hit stun moves and fra frame lag and stuff like that oh my god and mm. he would lab out all the all the information um but now it's much more easier but then that also pushes the bar higher now because people would know what our well, I guess in I guess in the biggest difference between um, any Smash game and a lot of fighting games is the idea of true combos are much more solidified in traditional fighting games. Mm -hmm. um, so that I can see, I can see why the frame data becomes so important. Yeah. Um, when you're trying to figure out whether 
you can chain a certain move all the way to kill or 90 percent or something like that yeah and there's very little like chain all the way to kill moves in fighting games people call that normally broken <laughs> yeah i so it's an interesting concept um because melee it's like smash in general has gone through a very similar type of like um development it, the very first smash game um didn't have any uh combat directional influence which is the ability to move your character a little bit every time he gets hit mm -hmm. so the in in the very first smash they that though the, there are actually true combos in that you can hit someone so that they can't uh, possibly escape from it and mm -hmm. then melee went like another direction where um they allow you to escape and then um ultimate is another uh iteration of that but like if you look at, at the bar between like say melee and the original smash it's like the complete uh, two opposite ends of the spectrum where like mm -hmm. the original smash is much like um, like a street fighter game or a marvel versus capcom game mm -hmm. but it changes the meta of the fighting game so much when you have true combos that are like go up to high percent because then essentially the game becomes uh like a touch of death game and it's not necessarily bad there are some pretty hype stuff uh that you can do but typically it's not really that fun to watch what's to watch one person get like like light normal and then die from it <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a little too brutal that's that's the thing that always kind of pushes me away from just focusing too much time on getting good at smash even though i like i like the game generally there is so much like fairness in the high level of a of a of a of a normal fighting game i, I would say like uh fairness what do you mean by that well for example when in when you have a uh like say Mortal Kombat 11, which is probably the game I got the most into. Mm -hmm. um, there's stuff like damage fall off when you get a combo that's super high. So even if you manage to like get an extra hit in sometimes, it's usually not worth it. Optimum combos in Mortal Kombat 11 generally aren't the longest combos. It's generally the combos that that are designed to like that you balance between hitting hard and hitting frequently. And you can go in the lab and you can try these out and you can figure it out and you have all that data for you as you as you build out your own combos or you look up online right. and see combos that way if you if you want to if you want to get ahead quick <laughs> um yeah i guess i'm a little still con I'm, I'm a little still confused with what by what you mean by fairness though like is it is because that it feels it feels, what, what it feels there's a there's a flow in in uh in fighting games uh sometimes where there is a reset that happens at a certain point right and yep. it's more baked into to because of that combo because you can only usually take off a third of someone's health if you if you do like a really good combo on them, there still is opportunity like when they're getting up that you have, yeah. If someone's either either giving a fifty fifty percent chance to get up because you don't know if they're going to crouch attack low yep. or they're going to do an overhead or grab you in the case of Mortal Kombat. Um, whereas I feel in Smash like that that touch of death thing where like you get it's one mistake and then you're dead. It feels a little bit more, more punishing, and not how the game was was made up. And that's not to say like I don't enjoy it. Let me it, let me let me just interject because I think you're misunderstanding here. Because that's that that was in the very original Smash. Mm. Um, in that, and that's only to say that the combo system worked the same way traditional combo systems uh, worked. Uh, just before I continue though, I something's wrong with my audio for you right now. So suddenly your voice got. A lot more quiet i need to just double check it it's it got quiet mind. and you yeah, seem like, to be uh, cutting out as well 
Um, yeah, I can check. I can check with that too, but I just need to double check if maybe I muted you or something, because I'm not sure for what's the deal on my end. Just gonna check my what's using up my internet here. Now my network seems to be fine. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I'll just deal with the lower volume. I'll boost you up in my Discord. Um, so we'll we'll make we'll make do with it. Um, yeah. So that that touch of death thing is only in the original Smash, and then that's the big innovation that Melee brought into mm. um, the game. Is that when you get hit, the the same frames that you get hit, you can input directions, right, and your DI. character is influenced in that direction. So essentially, like if we talk about like uh, in terms of a fair combo system that's that's exact that's funny that's exactly why i like melee the most because every oh, time yeah. you get hit you have an you have an input opportunity to influence their like their hit on you and so when they are trying to follow up with a combo they can't just they can't just um hit you in a predetermined area they have to read your movement during the combo which it, to me is what makes it like super exciting interesting because um, they're they're constantly trying to adjust based off of their previous hit. And there's oh, a, and the high okay. level, there's just a lot of mix-ups in terms of just small movements with DI that allow you to, like, escape combos um, because they make, they force a 50-50 on the person whether gotcha. they have to react one way or another, right? Yeah, so I think there's... I think I think, I think think know what you're talking about, but, yeah, just to, like, clarify, that that was yeah. only in the original Smash. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Yeah. Is it is it hard, you find, in Melee to understand what is the most optimal thing to do? Like, say someone... yes. Yeah, that it's, seems very uh, challenging, so right? The the biggest difference, I I like, I like traditional fighting games too because it's almost like, um, it's like the idea of closer to chess where a piece will take another piece regardless of, um, regardless of the the combat, right? So there's, a, I think I find in regular fighting games there's a little bit more of that in that, uh, once you hit someone with an attack, if you are prepared you, in terms of your punish you can get like a set amount of damage depending on the type of hit that you get from them, mm. right? Gotcha. Where melee, it's, it's or at least, um, yeah, I would just say melee because I don't play as much ultimate. The It's fun because, um, yes, you can uh, combo them and you are less likely to be able to follow up with a combo, but because it has the idea of a ledge, there are so many, uh, there's so many options to you to get an instant kill if you are playing smart enough. And then vice versa, because because there are so many defensive options, there's a lot of like little things you can do to defend against those same things. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of there's this, it's like almost like um, that game where you have like, you know, it's like a common movie trope where you have two um, bandits and they're tied together with arms and they both have knives in the other hand. Yeah, it's like that knife fight. It, it feels a lot like that. You're both trying to get combos. But there is a lot of there's tons of videos, tons of combo videos where someone drops like the last hit of like this beautiful seven hit combo. Mm -hmm. And because the combo always ends and you trying to kill the person off ledge or off screen, um, the person who's getting combos pulls one good DI move and gets out of the combo and hits the other person and kills them at the ledge. And it's like a super yeah. massively like it's like it's like the Goku like bouncing the spirit bomb back at like <laughs> at like one of his opponents it's like there's a there's a lot of high risk high reward um yeah. impact in, in melee and sort of, that's almost sort of the thing that that like i like about traditional fighting games mm -hmm. is that there is very much less of that 
to understand. I almost find mm-hmm. it find it weird when there is when there is people that will say like they will play Smash, but they are in, intimidated by fighting games. Not you specifically. I mean other people mm-hmm. that that we may know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, because to me, Smash is this is this well of like possible outcomes that can happen at any moment. Yeah, and it, and yeah. it's hard to figure. That's why I never got good at melee because like, I, I looked into that abyss and I said this is this is daunting this is i'm impressed by anyone that can manage this you know what's funny it's it's so i've heard this saying about skiing and snowboarding in that mm-hmm. um snowboarding is easier sorry uh, harder to learn at the beginning if you're a beginner but easier to master than skiing where yes. skiing is uh easier at the beginning but harder to master i yes. find and this is not to say the skill level this is just more like the intro appearance to anyone smash on the on the beginner level looks really easy to play like like if you watch at the beginner level there is no reads there is no like it's a lot of spam like although like very for a very long time it's a lot of spam even even the super highest levels of melee back in the early days look like like crap compared to what it is now mm-hmm. um and it's also super easy inputs too it's yeah, just it's super like, easy inputs see, there's no two combos attack buttons two attack yeah, there's, buttons there's a dedicated no block button yeah Everyone has the same set in terms of like a C stick move, a B move, A move. So once you learn like the fighting archetype for one character, you know all the inputs. So it yep. simplifies it on the inputs and it also has a bunch of these like really recognizable characters. So it makes it like just buttery smooth to get into at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look into it and get it into getting better, it becomes really difficult because you are you can't there's there's no instructions on how to get better in terms mm-hmm. of you can't just like you know download some combos yeah how do you teach someone to read spacing right that's a very advanced like i think in regular fighting games like once once your players start beginning to look at like spacing heavily that's like a certain tier that they've jumped to now right like now they're starting to think about spacing because they realize how important that is but Mm -hmm. in melee if you want to start off as it like an intermediate you have to like know that already because you everyone's spacing you all the time Mm -hmm. right that is um, that is almost and the spacing game in Smash is very different from other fighting games because of yes. how mobile it is. Yeah, and exactly. how wide the fields can get. Yeah. And the fact that there's like a ledge, so the, like the movement options are very like different. Yeah. Um whereas I think in traditional fighting games, if you look at it from the outsider's perspective, like someone doing a combo looks like very difficult, especially when for you just just barely pick up a controller, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so I think that that's the difference though like it's it's intimidating on the outside because co- like, typically i find that um traditional fighters y- you you're required to do well it's not required it's part of the fun is to do a bit of the research on your character like figure out what your character's moves are most people will pick a certain few, like a few characters just to get their move sets and because you have to memorize their button inputs right like mm-hmm. almost every character will have a different type of button input especially i remember like street fighter uh, like the original, like the, or not the original. But let's say take Street Fighter two. two, right? Like, let's take a look at the main characters. Like, if you were to play, um, if you were to play uh, Guile, right? His freaking fireball and dragon punch type move are completely different than 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 Ken and Ryu's yeah, basic he's... set, which is the dragon punch movement set, right? Yeah, they they all use uh, quarter circle motions, or as we say, fireball yeah. motions. Or yeah. dragon punch motions, which is what they're all named for. Whereas Gal is specifically a charge character, yeah. Where which differs in that you perform his moves by holding a direction, um, and then pushing the opposite direction and a, and a, and an attack button. Yeah. And in a sense, that is a that is almost sort of an easier. That's sort of like your skiing and snowboarding, 
analogy mm -hmm. where those inputs are easier to do if you mm -hmm. can't get like the uh, down down forward forward motion to do a fireball mm -hmm. here you just hold back for three seconds push forward and attack it's e it's an easier input mm -hmm. but because of that he plays so differently he pay he plays uh he plays a little bit more defensively he has more defensive options he has mm -hmm. uh also easier combos because when you understand how to play a charge character, I think you become a better player than someone that only knows how to do fireball motions. Because mm -hmm. you start learning things of like, oh, I am charging all the time if I'm blocking or attacking. Because mm -hmm. those that's those three seconds, that that is that can be triggering whenever. So mm -hmm. you can pull off motions that are that can come out at times that a, a quarter circle person will have to have massive dexterity to pull off mm -hmm. yeah so like i think that that's part of the initial like difference in terms of how easy it is to get into traditional fighting games yeah um, especially when you look at like more like the um anime fighters that you're talking about where the combos get longer and longer like mm -hmm. if you were to watch a pro in marvel vs. capcom 2 or 3 game that'd be like horrifyingly intimidated it just looks like one person constantly yep. knocking the other person down into like 20 combos with different characters and yet Marvel vs. Capcom has some of the easiest inputs of any fighting mm -hmm. game. Every mm -hmm. single character has a quarter circle. Every single character has a half circle. Special moves are just two quarter circles forward. Mm -hmm. It's super easy. And every single attack in that game chains light, light, medium, heavy, special. Mm -hmm. Light, medium, heavy, special tag. No, it's like light, me medium, heavy, um, uppercut, mm -hmm. jump, aerial, light, medium, heavy, tag light medium heavy tag light medium heavy special it yeah. is and that's literally any character in the game mm -hmm. any combination of any team you can do you can do with that so marvel vs. capcom is actually a good starting fighting game mm -hmm. that will teach you those basic combat to chain because all the characters have the same things mm -hmm. you can then start playing those characters and trying to figure out okay well why is this special different why does this special chain while these other specials don't mm -hmm. the roster is intimidating though Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the thing that I would also advocate for for a lot of the the modern like anime fighting games like like Skullgirls, especially indie ones, Skullgirls and, and them's fighting hurts. They simplify inputs because mm -hmm. they want people to get involved more, and they don't want to have the execution barrier. Mm -hmm. If you go back and you try to play like Fatal Fury or something, the ones that invent like the pretzel motions, mm -hmm. it's really hard. You go try to play as Geese Howard. I, I can't play as Geese Howard. I can't even do those moves with my thumbs. <laughs> It's, much it's, less um, on a stick it's very i find it like it just purely and on a uh like a technical game designer perspective uh how smash has well at least i can't say ultimate because they don't do this but melee accidentally like got the best of both worlds because like mm -hmm. we were talking about the inputs are dead simple like everyone's abilities are exactly the same in terms of inputs you forward smash a is a plus forward you can use a C stick to make it even easier for you. Yep. But then I don't know who did this or like what their thinking was, but there's a bunch of hidden techniques in there that make the that like exponentially add upon the the basic level um, inputs to make it really, really not really hard, but much harder and significantly more rewarding if you're able to do it. And it's and like the first one I'm talking about is this idea of called L canceling. Mm -hmm. So anytime you have an aerial in melee you have a set amount of um, um, stun frames or uh, leg frames that you're going to be in. But then if you press the block button or the Z button 
as you land within like a six frame window, you'll L cancel, which will have the amount of frames that you are in lag for, which is a massive amount, which mm -hmm. essentially enables a bunch of con uh, combos. But every single time you land, you have to press it within the six frame timing, which is approximately like within like a 0.25 second timing window, right? Mm -hmm. So it's missed a lot still, even in pro play, but it's, it's like just just to think about how often people jump in any fight in, in Smash Brother games, right? It's like having to constantly remember to press that extra little button, even though the input is simple, makes the combo itself much more difficult because yeah. you're having like you're trying to like play the drums and then also play an additional rhythm on top of that, like at the same time. Um, it, which which if if they didn't have that combo that that system, I think that um, the skill range would be not nearly as large between like pro players and regular players. But I think it would also make it like less exciting because then yeah. um, you wouldn't be able to show off that level of skill. And I think that's like, something that's kind of interesting that fighting games always have to balance because fighting games are always super like it's very hard to find someone that's your skill level in any fighting game. You almost always have someone that's going to be better than you or worse than you. Um, by a pretty significant degree, one way or the other, unless you start it off together, right? Mm. Um, so it's weird because fighting game companies have to bring in new audiences, and I think that's what these new games are doing by giving you these great tutorials and systems to learn their learn their game. Mm. Because like once you start playing, it's so brutal. <laughs> yeah, like it, you really have to be okay with loss and like just getting your ass smacked and then and, yeah. and learning that's, from it, right? That's part. That's part of like the uh, my top 10 ways to get better <laughs> yeah. in, in fighting games is like it'd be okay with with losing yeah. and understanding that 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 is okay and that's how mm -hmm. you you improve mm -hmm. um and, and, but hearing like you talk about this is like is what i may feel like oh my god can you would be such a great candidate for getting into like so many different fighting games because i know you like this this thing about like with the l canceling mm -hmm. that's all most fighting games is is figuring oh, out ways I to know. cancel i know it's it's honestly not the fact that I I don't like them because I got into Marvel versus Capcom two back in the heyday back when it's still in mm -hmm. arcades as like a new game. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't. It was mainly because no one taught me the intricacies of any fighting game. So mm -hmm. I only saw it at the surface level, which is that you play maybe at your friend's house here and there, right? But all the good fighting games have these like hidden mythos techniques that's shared amongst the community that actually make it much more interesting mm -hmm. and what got me for smash was like a documentary called the smash brothers documentary where mm -hmm. they they go through it's a beautiful documentary that really mm -hmm. like revitalized the scene and it just it just did that it was like hey check out these cool things that are in the game it explained l counseling and wave dashing because i didn't i didn't know what they were either right and i watched i watched that documentary when i was way in my like like mid-20s and that's when i got into melee i like i played tons of melee back when i was a kid but again on that surface level and I think that there just hasn't been like other people to introduce me to these concepts in other games to get me excited because it's like these advanced concepts, but you would never know it by watching like, I don't know, just watching a random video or, or just yeah. playing by yourself. Right. Yeah. That's actually such a challenge, even for me, for like a lot of the big fighting games. Mm -hmm. uh like one of my darkest holes in uh is a that's a weird saying one of my biggest gaps in in, in fighting games is, is tekken i could never get to a level very where like i could game. understand tekken because mm -hmm. its concepts are not very well explained in the game and i go watch a lot of videos and it's very heavy on certain inputs on canceling with like 
certain moves and how you move. There's people that move in that game in certain ways. Say this is how you want to move. This is how you want to mm-hmm. do spacing. It's like a very core mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, yeah. nowhere Tekken? in the game is this explained. Tekken, I would say, is 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 the closest to melee if melee didn't have jumping, and the ledge. <laughs> like, cause Tekken is such a spacing heavy game. Yeah. And the micro and the combos kill. that you do you are so important. Yeah. Yeah. Like I and 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 like Tekken to me is like, um, if you were to take like just the aiming out of first person shooters and then just have a game all about that, that's what I kind of Tekken feels like. It's like the in, in instillment of one major concept with all the other concepts kind of thrown in there, but this one's the most important one mm-hmm. in fighting games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's definitely like these kinds of games are the opposite of the games that like I really get into, which is which is like Blaze Blue and Mortal Kombat and mm-hmm. uh, Skullgirls, for Kombat. example. Huh? Mortal Kombat, like, it was another game that I could I only played on the surface level, so I never knew the deep combos. But I loved that, like, because I um my parents uh, used to rent like a grocery store and we had a, a arcade cabin. And mm-hmm. then I would never know how to do any of the finisher moves, but I would watch other people go into our stores and do like, yeah. like the special finishers. I'd be like, "What the hell?" <laughs> and this That's... is pre-internet days. You didn't know. There's no way you could find out about like. <laughs> you had to buy the Game Pro magazine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, 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 they didn't there. even tell you what the finishers were. If you bought the game. <laughs> yeah. And. And that's sort of like the the, the interesting part about gen, uh, of uh, Mortal Kombat is you you look at these games and you're like, yeah, this is amazing. I want to do this. And then you feel so incompetent when you first pick up the controller and you're like, none of this works for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think like the newest one, like Mortal Kombat 11, like, I, I'd, I'd love to sit down with you and, and do a few rounds of Mortal Kombat 11 to show like <laughs> why why I think that game. It, it, it is it is the most triple A it's the best triple A jumping on point because it does have a comprehensive tutorial. Not as comprehensive as them you know what it's probably as comprehensive as them's fighting her in Skullgirls. it does even include frame dead it does te- it taught me stuff it taught me about frame traps it mm-hmm. taught me uh like that's the first game that i played where where like it actually really taught me about frame data was mortal kombat 11 Interesting. um even if they don't display it as as well as them's fighting her does mm-hmm. um but that's when I felt like I liked fighting games before I played Mortal Kombat 11. I fell in love with fighting games after so I played Mortal Kombat. How to play Mortal Kombat though? Like, did you Mortal Kombat did? Oh, you Mortal just Kombat found everything did. the tutorial. Like, like, what? like I hadn't had understanding of frame data before I played Mortal Kombat 11. Right. I I knew how to play fighting games. I knew how to play Blaze Blade. I could play well at like work with like at at, our, at uh, where we used to work with with our coworkers. I used to play and I used to do well. Mm-hmm. But Mortal Kombat 11 gave me that knowledge and there was more here beyond that level. I was like an intermediate level and I think mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat 11 peeled back the curtain and said like, nah, this is all boxes and numbers, man. <laughs> you know what? And, you know what's and that's int- when I that's when I got the, 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 the entry point that I needed to go on the internet and like learn more about what other people are doing, learn more about columns, be able to watch like Mortal, mm-hmm. Com- Mortal Kombat and play and understanding. And the beauty of Mortal Kombat 11 is that it's not that complicated compared to other games. When you when you get when you when you for example, just an, just a broad example, when you get put into a corner in Mortal Kombat 11, which is one of the most frustrating things in any fighting game, or like when you get put on ledge in like Smash, mm-hmm. I think about all the different possibilities that can happen when you're on ledge, and I think about what can happen in Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat 11, when you're in the corner, there's only maybe four things that can happen there. It, mm-hmm. When you get up, you can do a wake up attack. You can you can try doing a burn meter to roll out of the corner. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, 
yeah, that's Mortal Kombat. You can burn a meter to roll out of the corner. Mm-hmm. You can get up and be crouching low. You can be getting up and crouching high. Mm-hmm. And each of these has an answer to the attacker. Mm-hmm. 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 Like the attacker can, if you're crouching low, he can be doing an over attack on you. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to roll out, he can try doing a grab, which cancels a roll. Mm-hmm. If, he, if you're doing a standing block, he's going to hit you with a low attack. And yeah. this is the this distills fighting games to the most thing is that what is my opponent going to do and what am I going to do to pre- not only prevent him from doing this to me but also getting in a position where I can do something awful to him, to them in return. You know? So I I I it's a very interesting concept that you're talking about right now and uh, it just makes me think of um like I went through a, a binge where I played a lot of chess. Uh-huh. And chess is like a fighting game. Chess yeah. is very, very much like a fighting game. And to give you an exact point, um, this because this is what you're the situation you're talking about right now in about being in the corner in Mortal Kombat. It exists in Melee too, but to a different extent. Uh, in Smash, when you get knocked down, there's um, there's the same options. You can get up, attack. You can roll left, roll right, or get up normally. Right. All of them have different leg timings. Right. Um, and then when I started playing chess it really opened my eyes in terms of how that game teaches you fighting. So like mm-hmm. if you are just imagine a fighting game where you don't have any skill involved now. All right. You have an infinite amount of time to put your inputs in. So there's no way to get it wrong. Chess is just, you move one move. There's no, there's no in, incorrect input. Right. Um, and so when you are taking a piece, like say you're using um, the Rook or like a Bishop, you are looking at what options your Rook has or your characters have on the map and what, and say you're trying to track down the opponent's King or Queen you're looking at what options they have, right? And you're trying to predict what options they're going to roll into. And then that's and then just like fighting games, and this is, and I love this part about fighting games too, it's not just about figuring out what they're going to do, but how do you set yourself up to punish where they're going to be rather than where they are, right? A lot of people will, like if the, with the rolling technique you're talking about, I think a lot of noobs would only go for options that attack the person's position currently. And then when mm-hmm. you go to advance and you start reading for someone's roles, then you're starting to read their reaction and you and you're almost like throwing reading the ball the where the person will be, right? <laughs> yeah. And what's um and then I'll take it one step that a little bit a little bit further is that um melee and and to a large degree ultimate as well. Like it takes that into further advance because once you hit them with that that first hit when you read them they have another opportunity. So a lot of times what in melee you're doing is that you cover the option that you know, you know they're going to go to, but then you don't attack that position because they're already trying to evade your attack from there. You try to predict where they're going to go after that. So it's like mm-hmm. another dev- like level of read, right? And I think that's yeah. very common in other fighting games too because then yeah. once you, like when you throw a fireball out, I think like a lot of beginner players would be like, oh yeah, I'm about to throw a fireball and he will get hit or not get hit. Whereas a lot of pro players would throw a fireball and say, okay, he has to either jump over this fireball or block. What can I do to expose the fact that he only has those two options now, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the beauty part about fighting games in general is that it teaches you to like plan out the the, se- the sequence of possibilities. Um, so that's the homework that you have to put into it, right? Like you have to figure out how, where they might be, but then it's live. So you have to be able to execute on your homework. and. I think that's like a beautiful concept that's in fighting mm-hmm. games, that's in like Smash, that's in all fighting games. Yeah, that like I that that's the reason that like part of the reason that I, I freaking love like melee so much is that it's 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 such a applicable skill to life to the fact that you have to research something, look at the options, 
pick the best options, but then not only do you have to like actually know it, you have to be able to execute on it when the time comes. Yeah. Right. And and also the, the the thing that's even more beautiful that goes beyond that that I think is really what what draws me to fighting games, even though like you said, it is common in chess, it is common in like strategy games, like we talked before, this whole concept of thinking a few moves ahead. The thing about fighting games is that like to take a page out of Goku, legendary fighting game enthusiast, <laughs> true. you can only really know someone when you fight them. It's, it's, you know? it's actually super true. There yeah. is so much you can know about a person's personality just by how they play a fighting game or what character I, I, I they I think pick. it's true of any game. I find it so funny that when I, when I talk to my hockey team, um, the soup, the guy who's super defensive in hockey is super defensive in playing games as well. Yeah, <laughs> like they have everyone has their tendencies, but but it's really true when you play someone in a fighting game that you really get to know them, and then you yeah. see their you see their ticks come out, and every everyone's emotions get so high, especially if, if you're if you're in a compet a match where like you really want to win for some reason, maybe the person's really equal, like. It's hard to talk to that person after you lose to them, right? Like, if you lose to them, it's it's a tough oh, to conversation. Me, sometimes. To, to to me, it's always like I'm always excited, like like you should if be. I'm, if I'm even with someone, if I'm if I'm even with someone, and they manage to pull out a victory to me, that that like that gets me excited. That means that like no, there is more I can learn here. This person's showing me that there that that I I I can I can still improve, and if right. I get better than them and I beat them. That means I have shown progress. That means this yeah. has not been for nothing, right? Yeah, everyone, and that's and that's like, and that's um, the most exciting part. What I hate the most is like it, it, it is when I is when you win too easily because then you just feel bad. If I get if I get stomped, that's a humbling experience. And then like I'm excited because I got to see someone that's really good at the game, and I can see what is possible in this game, and I can see what holes are in my plan. If it's an even match and I lost, that means that I am that much closer to like going up like a, a skill tier in this game if i win and it's an even match you're over the moon because you've conquered that hill you, mm -hmm. you've gotten to like the next level mm -hmm. and you've hopefully pulled that person up with you because they they also should have the same reaction that you have is like no there is there's something here that i can that i can get better at uh and that's 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 what i love about fighting games uh personally mm -hmm. um so let's Let's move on to the, the to the other thing that, that I wanted to get into on, on, on fighting games, which is, say you've chosen your game, right? You want to get into, like, them's fighting hard. You want to get Skullgirls. You're listening to this, and you, and you want to get it. Uh, Ken, you're going to get into Mortal Kombat. So let's talk about which character you're going to want to play. Because <laughs> right. uh, that's the daunting thing about fighting games as well. It's like, once you decided to play it, you're then confronted with this. And, and Sorry, not this. It's probably something more... Uh, let's see. Like this, right? Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. all these characters. They yeah. look extremely different from each other. You have no idea what type of character to pick, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And this is kind of like when you're going online. And, and like the thing about fighting games is like they start out looking like this. This is sort of the beauty of fighting games as well. Like usually have a few characters, a few options are limited. Eventually, they they grow to become like this. Mm -hmm. I just they're realized this is a, this this also has an audio podcast portion to it. I'm showing how Street Fighter Five start off with what that's. Four by four, eight, 16, sixteen. What is that? Yeah, yeah like sixteen twenty characters. Sixteen, yeah. yeah, sixteen characters. Um, at the start, and then it ballooned up to I don't even know how many characters this is. It's a ridiculous amount of characters. <laughs> it's a ridiculous yeah, amount of matchups. So, yeah. how do you go about picking a character? 
most games don't really give you a good a good way to look at it which is why i also recommend them's fighting herds for people that want to get invested in fighting games there is only six characters in them's fighting herds <laughs> and each one of them has a tutorial that explains to you what that character is strong at and almost every single archetype in that game is represented you have a zoner a character that focuses on doing projectile attacks and baiting their opponent to making mistakes you have a trap slash item character, someone that uses projectiles that do different effects on the character to catch them out of position and do effects. You have a rushdown character, which is focused on running into your opponent, doing quick attacks, trying to catch them off guard in that way. You have a character that, that is a grapple character that it focuses on getting around people's defenses by completely negating them by grabbing them and putting them in situations where you have the advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many of these these different character types that are in all of these games that are distilled in like this 43 character rosters and Street Fighters there are a variety of permutations in them. <laughs> but them's fighting hers is like a little it's like a little appetizer palette that lets you like see what is possible in the fighting game. So I recommend people check those out, check those tutorials, learn what those characters are to fight to to learn what type of character they like to play. And once you do, you can go into any fighting game, look up online. What which which of these are rushdown characters? Which which of these characters are grapple characters? Which of these characters are heavy and slow, or or fast and and weak? And figure out what you want to do. So for me, I yeah. have a different, I have a slightly different uh, process. Yeah, I, I want tell me what's your process when you pick a character. I was about well, to go into mine. if I'm playing a multiplayer, <laughs> if I'm playing a multiplayer uh, fighting game, um, I don't bother. Uh, looking at the characters, I look at the tier list first, and I see what viable characters there are. Boo! <laughs> yeah, no, well, if I'm playing a multiplayer game, and unless it's, like, a game that I really, really don't care about getting better at, I definitely want to play a character that's meta so that I understand what the meta is. Um, because I also don't want to, like, waste my time with a character that's like ultimately futile mm-hmm. you know like it there are definitely some like most games especially with a huge roster will will not have an even matchup and i don't think games should have an even matchup to be honest i think games with like a hundred like super even matchups across the entire board are typically the most boring games that you can find mm-hmm. um so I, I i i i i don't mind the tier list but i also think that like when you're playing a fighting game the top levels are typically revolving around a set tier of characters, and that's the quote-unquote majority of the competitive scene, mm-hmm. and that's what you want to be enjoying. So if I don't enjoy that, then I'm not going to want to like continue, right? So, Cause yeah. so this is the thing that has changed a lot with like modern games that get patches and stuff, is that I feel tier lists are sort of irrelevant at this point, in a way. Especially if you're playing at like a really high pro level, which like I'm not. But new strategies and matters are like being discovered all the time. That like the the tier list for Mortal Kombat 11 is so fluid. It's there's almost no point in looking at it, right? And and because of the, because of how the game is balanced in a way, it it is kind of kind of balanced. That's not to say like characters don't have disadvantages in certain matchups. There absolutely is in in Mortal Kombat. Um, but it feels that every character has enough tools that they can be successful in adaptive situations if you are are a good player of that character so it is much more important to me that i'm playing a character that i feel that i feel good about mm-hmm. in terms of like what i want to do mm-hmm. then like looking at a tier list that's just going to change every single month because i feel 
that is no longer relevant. In a case like Melee, a game that has never been updated and has, what, six viable characters? I can definitely see not wanting to spend your time with, with say, what what's a weak character? Roy, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, Roy's a weak character. Um, it has a bit more than that, but that's all right. Uh, but we'll, we can go to the more advanced one, like, let's say, Ultimate, which just have patches. I don't think tier lists are, 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 are irrelevant. I think that tier list might be irrelevant for the majority of players, especially if you're not going into a competitive scene. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you're actually trying to go into competitive scene, like you're trying to go into the Street Fighter competitive scene and you're playing a trash tier character that you don't even know that's bad, mm-hmm. you are not learning a lot of the techniques and skills that are inside that community. Um, whether it's through like watching other tournaments, or etc. Because there's a, there's a reason why the characters are doing better or worse. And mm-hmm. I think for me, and this is not for everybody, uh, this is this is specifically for me and why I like melee and why like, like as an artist, I really appreciate this mentality is that like winning is the is like is like perfection in art. Like you're not gonna get it all the time, but you should always be striving for it because that makes you better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, like playing a fighting game to not win, like it's okay to to play a fighting game and be okay with losing. That's different than playing a game to like not win. Absolutely. Because if sure. you're if you're not playing it to win, you're not playing it to learn. Because you're there's no there's no there's no like scientific method that you can use to figure out you're getting better at something. And that's the important part for me. And I agree that you can uh, get better with any character in any fighting game because there's always a range that that character is probably going to be able to compete in. And for the most part, unless you're going um, into an actual competitive scene, you're mm-hmm. going to be able to beat like someone online in, in the same MMR as you. But I think that if you are trying to beat like a, a high tier character in any game, in most fighting games with a, with a low tier character, you're it's like trying to... Um, learn to put like learn to lift weights by pushing up 500 pounds in your first try Hmm. like it's not going to help you right it's you need to like the reason i like um and and when i say my method of picking a top tier character is that there's always a bunch of characters that are in the top tier Hmm. unless it's a really bad fighting game that like got messed up with the tier and one character is the best um then after you pick after i see the tier list then i look at the fighting styles and see which ones are uh are that fit the kind of gameplay that i would want to i would want to play right um so that's like that's my methodology that's not necessarily good for everyone and and especially if you're just like interested in the game as a whole like i would play mortal Kombat playing the character that i would want to play because i have no interest right now in going into like a competitive multiplayer scene but if I was going to go into a competitive multiplayer scene, I would 100% look at the tier list. Yeah. I would, I would, I would not like. I just don't like spending all that time. Okay, when you get better at a fighting game, if you're trying to win, you can one try to learn everything yourself, or two, more likely, you're gonna download as much information as you can from the community as possible, because mm-hmm. they are probably like a billion steps ahead of you, and you will waste your time like trying to like <laughs> yeah. trying to innovate everything from the start. What you want to do is catch up to the meta so that you can start improving or changing that like using it to your own method yeah. right most that's like my that's my opinion yeah definitely most fighting games uh like modern days at least have like like i said they have a ton of options and mm-hmm. and always to me uh, like you said i'm not gonna play i like i would never i would never want to get good at a zoning character that's just not like we we get just like the part where like personal oh, yeah. personality yes. like matters like yes. influences like i would never play a zoning character because that's just mm-hmm. that's just not how i want to play a fighting game if a character, yeah, if, yeah. if a game has has like a high, 
like like the highest tier character is like a zoning character doesn't matter i am not gonna play that character mm-hmm. but I, also I, the, uh, yeah and, and in most cases like i'm looking here at the mortal Kombat like tier list that i have there's only like four mm-hmm. characters here at the bottom that they put under tier four and then they say like here like a disclaimer is like even though these are at the bottom these are still viable characters <laughs> like that's 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 what i think like a good fighting mm-hmm. game does is like even even like the the, the low tier characters are via are viable so what i would say because like uh with the smash community they've gone through like several iterations and of varying degrees of like likeness by the community mm-hmm. right um smash 4 or brawl sorry brawl is by far considered the worst one yeah um and I wouldn't say, like, let's forget the fact that Meta Knight was the only top-tier character, the SU character. <laughs> let's say they take him they take him out in general, right? Which they generally um, did for tournaments. <laughs> some of them didn't. Most of them didn't, which is why the tournament scene died. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my thing is that for me, for a fighting game, I don't want there to be all the matchups possible to be good. I want the top matchups to be really interesting. Because those are the ones I'm going to see the most. Like mm-hmm. if you if you're because all all f- fighting game communities revolve around tournaments pretty much, right? Or like some sort of like competitive matchup thing, right? And the and those ones are always going to be played with mostly meta characters. If you're talking about anyone that wants to take it seriously, mm-hmm. and those are the matchups you see the most. So if I were to go into a fighting game, if I was like in your shoes and I look at this new fighting game and the top meta is only spacier, what do you call it? What do you call them? Zoning characters. Zoning let's say characters. it's like the let's say the top ten characters that are played in tournament are all zoning characters. I'd be like, f this shit. I'm I'm out of this game. I don't want to play this yeah. game, right? Yeah. Like I'm not yeah. gonna play this game. So that's that's why I, that's what I mean. Like I want, I I think it's important to look at the top tiers just because that's the community that you're gonna get into, mm-hmm. right? That's the. Do you want to see more of this? That's a good or point. Do, do you want to see more of other stuff? Right? Yeah, is that's that's a good thing to point out. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're going with there. But but what 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 I like though is like if you get into a top tier character and you like the game, you almost always guaranteed you pick your second tier character. That's your true favorite character. <laughs> like for me it's link who's the slowest fucking character in melee he's terrible but he's my boy right, right. <laughs> so so once you get high enough so that you like prestige over your friends and now you're like 200 exp points above them you lower your skill level by playing this lower tier character nice. that you love that but now you know all the techniques and so you can make it work i'm actually curious now uh guys i was going to go through <laughs> some of the characters that i main because i definitely there there is there there definitely is that yeah tell me tell um me. I was just, oh man, my computer went into check. Can't type <laughs> on my keyboard. Yeah, we'll take, we'll take I'm just gonna look at this tier list again. What game is this, by the way? Uh, Mortal Kombat. This this one here. The, no, the game it, that you're that you're telling me that you're. Oh, you're I was looking up the tier list for Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, okay. yeah, actually, as it turns out, uh, the character that I enjoy playing in Mortal Kombat 11 is Liu Kang. Nice. Liu Kang, nice. Liu Kang is my boy in in Mortal Kombat 11. I like Liu yeah. Kang because he gets in your face. He attacks yeah. very well, okay, fast. Wait, what? So I don't know his style. Can you describe how he fights yep. in that game? Yeah. So he gets people? in your face. Yeah. He he hits extremely fast. Yeah. Um, and he has projectiles. If you if you ever like get into a fight with someone that's a zoner, you can kind of zone back and frustrate mm-hmm. them back in their way and sort of like play their game in in, in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, you also don't want to do that with zoners. 
mm-hmm. but it gives you the option to to just throw out a fireball and see what happens. Maybe they're going to jump over it. Maybe they're going to block. It lets you sort of mm-hmm. feel out the other players. So always mm-hmm. having like a, a fireball helps me when I when I pick a character if I see a character that mm-hmm. that has that. But Liu Kang's most of his game plan is he wants to get close to you, hit you with fast attacks to have slow startup, and try and trip mm-hmm. you up when you try and counter it. A lot of his combos you can stop short if they start getting blocked, and you can mm-hmm. start up a new one almost like pretty quickly because they have slow slow fallbacks. So sometimes when I see yeah. someone's blocking, I will deliberately stop that combo, and then I have the choice of either throwing them or seeing mm-hmm. if they're going to start an attack, get like a quick jag in there to stun them. Usually not that important, mm-hmm. like the fuck, and then you can mm-hmm. do do your punishing combo on them because you destabilize them, right? Right. It's like it's a it's pressure like a light jab to see if they're going to react and open up. Yep. And then you expose them when they open up. Exactly. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, and then he also has some combos that are just really fun. He's really fast. Fast. He's really... He's audacious in a way because he does those really... What the... All the moves. So he's he's yeah, a little yeah. bit annoying, but not incredibly <laughs> annoying. So I kind of yeah. like characters that are like that. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I love Mortal Kombat's... Um, uh, facial designs they really like changed up everyone's ethnicities to be more unique to their to their ethnicity or like their character also they put more clothes on them (laughs) put more clothes on them like um i like the way katana looks she looks like really unique and like like fascinating like Mm -hmm. a real like a like a person that you would find in like uh, southeast asia or something very cool very cool they have they Um, have very they have very they have very good facial tech in that game it's. I, I almost laughed because when I watched the cinematics from Mortal Kombat 11, I was like, "Wow, this is coming from the game that like wanted to make up a new character that was pretty much Liu Kang, and they called him Kung Lao, and they like just replaced the letters of his name and the, the syllable usage, and he's like for the longest time he was like a very similar character." Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> he ha- he had a hat. He had a teleport. I would argue yeah. Kung Lao is actually very different. I, I would say that um, the gameplay was you're right. I was just uh, purely from an aesthetic level because they like please please <laughs> they this, is the, team that, like, this is the team guy. that has five ninjas that only had <laughs> yeah, different colored sprites. Well, it's funny because then they had five ninjas and they had um, like they're all dupes, but then they doubled down on everything in terms of they kept it and then you just added backstory and lore to all their different ninjas the, and now the, they all look super different and unique. And they all play very different too. Yeah, I think like, they it's like they even they, back they in knew the day, they right? couldn't copy exactly the same thing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like they went out of their way to make all these characters like unique, which is really cool actually. I like that a lot. Yeah, Mortal Kombat is definitely one of my favorite like long time fighting games. Like I say, it's the one that yeah. like got me to like that next tier of understanding fighting games. So I always appreciate it. Um, it's funny how you see like the the roots of Mortal Kombat's like video capture uh, like animation style like still today. Mm. Like you know, did you see that um, how they captured all the footage for the original Mortal Kombat games rights? They would like have actual actors and they would take these low res yeah. JPEG pictures of them. Yeah. Um, but then because of the way that they filmed these were these were actors, all the fighters have a very stand up straight type of pose. Which 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 is still there there today in Mortal Kombat. Like if you look at Mortal Kombat versus any other game, like let's let's look at the two big ones, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, and mm-hmm. you see the evolution of Street. Like look at Street Fighter Four, and you look at any of them like fighting, um, just like their neutral stances. Like their bodies are crouched over. You have like E Honda in like a in a freaking like Slavic pose or something like that, and yeah. their their character silhouettes are much different. And that was the direction that Street Fighter went to, but then Mortal Kombat like stuck to its guns, and it has like it's very much like stand ups, 
stand up more straight. They've definitely softened it up so the the characters have better like different silhouettes. But yeah, like, you can、true. tell their backs are like super straight. You know, like. <laughs> I can see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then moving on. So, so that's that's sort of like the genesis of like the type of styles that I like. I like characters that that can get in your face. That are slightly、mm-hmm. annoying and gives me a little bit more options to try and understand the person I'm fighting with, like with the fireball and etc. And then have extremely flashy combos. Like my favorite combo、mm-hmm. that Liu Kang does is, is like like three kicks and then a flying kick that you can then amplify so that he makes that kick turn into fire and he flips someone off. <laughs> and then because、yeah. of that, it pushes them into a corner. And I love putting people in corners. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Because then you can just pressure them more in the corner. That's his game plan, right? And I and I like、yeah. that game plan. Apply pressure,、mm-hmm. get them in the corner, win, and then、yep. make sure you have the advantage. Smother, smother them,、yeah. right? And if、yeah. they and if they start fighting back with you, you have abilities to like. Well, let's see if I can trip them up.、Mm-hmm. Give your mix-ups, right? Yeah, but that's、yeah. not the only type of character I play. Because in Street Fighter, I play Zangief.、Mm. Zang- counter character, huh? I I like he plays that counter trap character.、Right? Exactly, he's a very、mm-hmm. he 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 hits like a truck,、mm-hmm. um, but he's he's slow, right? He has a lot Sluggish, of startup on、yeah. his attacks, but all of his abilities、uh, are meant to sort of put the per, put the other player out of the position that they are comfortable with. Zangief、mm-hmm. loves it when you're close to him. He wants、yeah. to just give you a big old hug. Yeah, and, I love and, and his, how scary he is. Yeah, <laughs> he's scary, but like also his character. Um, he is the friendliest guy. He just wants everyone to be better at fighting. He just loves the thrill of the fight, and he's extremely enthusiastic about it. He、uh, wants to three sixty hug you. Yeah, exactly. And and because of this, because of this, he is kind of annoying. Like you pull. Oh, off, he's super annoying. He, yeah. He pulls off like his special move, and he like he grabs you, and like he's yelling in Russian with his big old grin, and his like chest hair is just pull puffed out, and like he drives you into the ground, and he's smiling the whole time. He is kind of annoying. Fits into the Luis Fernando fighting game mo, even though he plays completely differently. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. But in a way, not so different to how I would play Liu Kang, just a lot slower. Yeah, you're I right. Am, it's I like am bad. I'm trying am... to get close. Exactly, it's always getting close and then doing a bunch of damage. I am not a very good Street Fighter player, but I think that's <laughs> also because there's a lot of extremely good Street Fighter players. Yes. But I、yeah. love playing Zangief.、Mm-hmm. I I love doing grabs. <laughs> gra- grapple characters are another type of character that I like, and that's because of Zangief.、Mm-hmm. Um, It, it's a it's I loved how they、uh, expanded onto the grapple character. Sorry,、uh, I liked how they expanded into the grapple character、uh, like genre、uh, post Zangief. Yeah, Zangief in Street Fighter Two was the only one that did that.、Right? Exactly. Like and and he I well、uh, I he's just... also like the only like like Guile's also the only charged character <laughs> other than Blanca, which was half a charged character. I just I just love like if you look at Street Fighter Two. Like besides Ken and Ryu being clone characters, that game is so good. Like all the characters are so have become arch- archetypes of the fighting genre. Like、mm-hmm. Chun Li has her own fighting style. Like Guile, you're talking about. You had E Honda. You had Dalzum, who who was essentially the zoner, but like melee zoner, right? Yeah.、Um, Got range. Like, well, he had a lot of projectiles.、Uh, he had like two different fireballs. Yeah, he had a flamethrower and a fireball, and then、yeah. he had、Yoda、like、fire. multiple. Yeah, multiple like, like he could be the most annoying character to fight. Like,、mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's you're just trying to get in in on him the entire time, and he does that stupid dance when he wins that like mocks yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I still remember that goddamn dance. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah,、uh, yeah. he still got nothing on my boy Zangief. 
True, true. <laughs> uh, next, here, here, here's like what we're gonna mm -hmm. talk about, like Smash Ultimate. Uh, mm -hmm. characters that I like to play. Um, Ganondorf is not my main in this game, mm -hmm. but I love playing Ganondorf. Why? Mm -hmm. He gets in your face. He's got a dedicated grapple attacks, and mm -hmm. he's kind of annoying. <laughs> it's um he hits... all the characters you play are like the one the characters that are super annoying because you combo them for like a bunch of hits and then they get one grab on you and yeah. just like the same amount of damage that you yeah. spent all this. All you need <laughs> all you need with Ganondorf sometimes is like that one big hit. Like same with Zangief. You get off like a one good grapple or 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 with Ganondorf, you do that side grab that you slam someone in the ground and then you give them like a cheeky little kick and it combos like <laughs> pretty easily unless they roll out of the way unless they do a tech roll depending on where they go and you can mm -hmm. sort of like 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 that's sort of like a like a like a little like let's see let's see let's see what you're like when you when you actually manage to grab them uh, <laughs> i love attacks that like get rid of people's shields because uh yeah. when people block attacks it sucks so mm -hmm. i love having an attack that will get through like someone's block always yeah, you got an aerial grab. <laughs> unless they dodge it, and then and then uh, if they dodge it and then counter you, and then that makes you feel unsafe. You're like, ah, oh, you want to mm. you, you you got something else going on. And if they do that, you have the slide kick, which you can get around like a dodge, right? <laughs> yeah, because your options, you have your options, and that's like an option, right? And like, am I gonna grab you or am I gonna kick you? It makes mm -hmm. the game a little bit interesting. And then at any time, like if you're in the air. They're scared of my forward air because it hits like a truck. You know, he has so many moves that you make the other player afraid of. And that's what I want. I want my opponent to be afraid of me and how scary my character is. While also be kind of annoyed about him. <laughs> True. I can see the commonality in all the characters that you like to play. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> but who I really play as is Lucario. He doesn't hit as hard. But similar to Ganondorf, he has a dedicated a he has a dedicated uh, grab attack. That is mm. how he can do his kills, his side B, which is also the same input as him. He mm. also has a lot of aerial combos. You can like combo someone off the ledge with him, which is why I like him uh, mm. with, with his throws. Um, mm. He also has a projectile, which is something that Ganondorf doesn't have, which is why Ganondorf is not my main. Lucario mm. has a projectile. So many times with Lucario's projectile, you can do stuff with if someone's off the ledge. You just throw out a ball, and then what? They're either gonna go underneath and ledge up, in which case the ball might hit them, or they're gonna have to like wait there, or they're gonna jump mm -hmm. up, in which case you can jump up and meet them and kick them off, mm -hmm. and then your blue ball might still hit them. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. a lot of like fun stuff you can do with Lucario in that way. Um, yeah, which. Which I which I like. Those are the type of character. He's also fast. He's got like slow start on his attacks. His one, and this is the thing that I kind of like about Smash is that even though he seems pretty good with all this stuff, he has an Achilles heel in that his recovery has so much lag on it, so much mm -hmm. lag on it. Mm -hmm. But it still gives mm -hmm. you a chance because it also has a little bit of attack. So if you can hit someone with it and they don't hit you back, you can do a safe recovery with him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he's he's a little risky. But he's also really powerful, and he has that little variety. He's the kind of character that I'm gonna love to play. Right, right, <laughs> nice. Um, and all cool. this stuff, and all this stuff, like like with Smash, like I didn't look up this sort of character. This went into my intu intuition with these games, right? I go in with the character that I thought was gonna was gonna was gonna look the most fun. And Lucario, he looks amazing. He's an awesome character. Ganondorf mm -hmm. is, is is like a fucking mean badass. I went through <laughs> a lot of characters though in Smash to find these two that I liked playing. Mm -hmm. um with 
same same with like Mortal Kombat and, and stuff. There's a lot of characters that, that I played and I found like this is the one that clicks. This is the one that lets me do the things I like. It just happens that in Mortal Kombat 11, Liu Kang is also tier one character. I don't know right. where in Smash. <laughs> I don't know where in Smash Smash you. Smash you is that uh, what they say? If they, they fall, ultimate. They just call it ultimate. They just call it ultimate. <laughs> yeah. Smash you was four. Smash for uh, Smash. Smash for uh, Wii, U? Wii U. I think it's Smash for Wii U. That's yeah. Smash Four. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not sure where Lucario where Lucario falls in in Ultimate either. Yeah. I'm not sure the current t- the tier list. Yeah. So you see, like, it almost doesn't matter to me, like, like these tier lists. It's it's more like, do let let me do what I like doing in fighting games. So let me sort of understand my opponent the way they they let me to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that brings me to Darley Dagger. Samurai Showdown is a new is the latest fighting game that I that I started trying oh. to play. Okay. And Darley Dagger is amazing. Darley Dagger Whoa. is why is <laughs> oh my god! It is it is stupid. So Samurai Showdown is a normal heavy game, just like Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a heavy slash attack, which is just a single button input, and that is enough to take away like forty percent of, of 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 a character's health. Like they hit really hard, wow. so it has a lot of emphasis on defense. And doing mm-hmm. bursts of heavy damage. E- combos are maybe three, four hits max. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you have a lot of different options, uh, different types of attacks. You have attacks that will get rid of someone's weapon, and then they're stuck fighting with their fists until they pick up their weapon, so their damage is severely halved. You have a right. you have guards that will guard normally. You have a spot dodge, just like in in Smash, mm-hmm. uh, which lets you counter pretty quickly. You also have like a parry, which is an input as well as a block, so it's very high risk. But nice. if they're trying to attack you with a heavy attack, they lose their weapon, gives you more frames to attack. It's very focused on on frames and recoil and resets and all that. Mm-hmm. Darley Dagger is a beginner type of character. So Samurai Showdown, not the greatest tutorial. I had to look up a guide on these characters. So I looked up mm-hmm. a set of beginner characters. Darley Dagger is a beginner character. Mm-hmm. But what she can do is she hits extremely hard. She has she has a, a command grab as well because this game mm-hmm. doesn't have normal throws. But command mm-hmm. grabs are the only ones that do damage. So I like that about her. Mm-hmm. She has a charge attack that if you hold for five seconds is unblockable. And it reflects projectiles even if you release it early. So you can really like slip up other players if you get your timing right with her. Mm-hmm. The best part I like about her, though, is if you drop her weapon, she has one special attack she can do where she starts winding up a punch and she walks towards the character and punches them. And it is unblockable and it has armor for one hit and it does 75% damage. Wow. It (laughs) is insane. Like a normal character and people will like usually see you approach them and they will try block. I tried this online, which is why I love this. They will either like block or try and parry you or try and hit you. But because of the armor and because of the fact that it's unblockable, most people don't know this, it will hit. A smart mm-hmm. player will jump over you. And if they do that, then like you're probably going to gonna get a hit or they're going to whiff or something's going to happen. But just the fact that she has attack and that she's scary and because <laughs> she has that unblockable if you charge makes her scary and kind of annoying. And I love her. I have never felt such an immediate connection with a character as I've had with Darley Dagger in this game. She like is a, just a, a one of the coolest stopper. characters I, I, have, I have started to learn. And it made me nice. really like Samurai Showdown, even though I have 
other problems with how the tutorial is and, and like the fact that no one barely anyone's playing it online anymore that's a problem with the, some of these fighting games is yeah that their communities aren't always like stable enough to keep going yeah there that's is a big there, problem with the fighting games actually yeah there is like a local scene for for samurai showdown that i was hoping to hop into like once i get a better control of darley dagger but it is oh my god it is it is stupid and she and she is like the cockiest like 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 heavy hitter that i've ever played because she's <laughs> nice. a pirate she's sassy she's like she's just there because she wants to mess mess up your day and she can do it right <laughs> like like her her attacks they they sort of if you get she's also a very big, big spacer uh depending on where you are in attack if you're like in a long range and you do and you do a heavy attack it will like poke them but it won't like do the most damage if you're in that mid-range it grabs and she like saws through them with this attack and it does <laughs> easy 30 percent damage with one hit on, on them it is summer it, it is it is, it is like so a much, much more uh like bushido blade type of combat yes where it's like Set my you're definitely really looking at a few hits and you're really looking at spacing and and winning neutral is extremely important mm -hmm. bushido right. blade is a game that i actually didn't really get into um, I wish I did, but that's kind of the problem when the only two games you have are on the PlayStation One. Yeah, yeah Samurai yeah. Showdown is probably like the closest thing you'll get to like a Bushido Blade type game. Even though it's not as you're not as fragile as Bushido Blade, mm -hmm. you definitely can die super quickly, and it is mm -hmm. it is super fun. I I, I, I like am really that digging it. I like the aspect of having something that's like the ledge in 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 Smash. Like the the concept of the ledge is so interesting to me that it, it it's. It's maybe the reason why I don't play other fighting games is because they don't have something that's like the ledge, mm -hmm. like this idea, like this idea that you could like coup de coup de gras someone at any moment by just like the right inputs, right? Like I love that kind of like high risk, high reward type of thing. Mm. The game that's a very like good it, point. Yeah. That is yeah. that is that is that is something that that that, that Smash has is that yeah. also the opportunity for you to to come back in a way. I would argue, mm. I would argue for like your sake, just to convince you to try other stuff mm. and like a high chiller, because I think you would be very good, Ken. Because I think <laughs> you have the exact right mindset to get good at pretty much any fighting game, and I would love <laughs> to see you shine in, in them. Um, there are these mechanics in pretty much most other fighting games. For example, mm -hmm. sort of the comeback thing that you can get with Smash, where like even if you're high percentage, you can still wreck someone and you can still recover even if you get hit very hard. Mm. Um. There's like the uh, the super the uh, what is it the fatal blow in Mortal Kombat 11 where like if you're at your last 20% of your 20% 10% 50% some percent of your health you can mm -hmm. do uh, a special attack only once per game that will do a guaranteed 40 40 35% damage to the player and that'll sort of reset the field oh, and it also like it scares the other player they make you respect you at a low percentage as well because of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but also it's hard for new players because then it's easy to whiff that attack but if you mm -hmm. confirm it just by standard fighting game techniques that's guaranteed damage that you can reset or win the round or or, or do something that can get you back in a good position so that's sort mm -hmm. of like an answer to that uh similar to like the the instant kills uh there's there's gauges that you can build for like like astral finishes in uh in blaze blue that will instantly kill the other the other character if if you build up meter in a way if you're conservative in a way if you're playing exceptionally well similar to how if you play exceptionally well in smash or the mm -hmm. other player slipping up more you can get that instant kill 
these sort of things mm. that I know you enjoy in Smash, similar with the ledge. The ledge is the corner in most fighting games. That's where you get that's where you get the mix-up opportunities. That's where you get the you're in real trouble at the ledge, but you can also recover it if you do and you get the mind games. That's the corner, right? Smash mm-hmm. doesn't have corners, it has ledges. Most other games mm-hmm. have have corners, but it's the same similar mind game. And I think mm-hmm. if you if you if you wanted to and you really dug into that, you would find a lot that you would really enjoy in these games. I do find that there's a lot of crossover and um, a lot of concepts uh, in fighting games that are very interesting. Like the concept of neutral was uh, really interesting when I first learned about it um, in Smash, and it's like a concept that's uh, that's in pretty much every single fighting game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I I I think it's absolutely like super interesting. Like who's there? It's like putting yourself in a position to make the best first move, and it's such an interesting concept in terms of like a life philosophy as well. Like mm-hmm. it's great for practice, and it's like a really good teaching to give people to be working on. So I always loved like that, and I I do agree. There's a lot of very very similar concepts. I think that there's, like like really fighting games in general are not something that I'm naturally inclined to. So I have to like get I have to like like find it an inlet into it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I I am not naturally inclined to like mm-hmm. playing those kind of games. Yeah. Well, well, but I do well, like we'll, the ones that I do play. Yeah. Well, we'll find one. Well, and it, like either it's yeah. Mortal Kombat or it's them's mm-hmm. fighting herds. I think I think I think you know enough about fighting games that you can probably skip them's fighting herds. And like go yeah, into yeah, yeah. I I think I want well a, a huge deal to me in most of the fighting games uh, is actually the art style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it, you're not it, into it's, ponies. <laughs> well, it's not even that. Although, yeah, it's it's that. Um, it's the games that I've grown up with that I love the most have like some of the best art styles like in the world, right? Like, like, like Smash has a billion games that have their own unique art direction from Nintendo. So it's already mm-hmm. high level quality, mm-hmm. right? Or you look at like, uh, like street fighter four or something like that. that. That game is freaking gorgeous. And yeah. There's a lot of really, really strong art, but I, this is not a, a cry to, to kind of hurt um, or to kind of like put down any of the newer ones, but I have found that some of the anime fighters are looking so similar mm. or or not that they're looking similar, but um, it's like they're putting so much more emphasis on looking cool than readability. Hmm. If you know what I mean, like they're like I was watching. I can't remember which one it was, so I, I won't be able to tell you. But like they'll have two characters fighting, and they're different characters, but their abilities all proc the same type of magic thing. So I have no idea who's hitting hmm. who hmm. or like what what's on the screen. Um, so like I like games that have very unique like silhouettes for their characters and things that are able to like i like i really like street fighters like art aesthetic even though i might i don't play that game unnecessarily a lot um so like that's what i like re- that, that that would be something that would get me into the game in the first place like mm-hmm. a game that has like really mm-hmm. cool art. like i wanted to play mortal kombat because of the art direction that they took mm-hmm. for mortal kombat 11 mm-hmm. i didn't really want to play it before that <laughs> before yeah. in the previous iterations because that i think you know, they the the studio was kind of growing into what it is uh, art style today now mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. in the through the previous mm-hmm. games, right? Well, so. there's never a better time if you ever wanna get some Mortal Kombat in you. I'd, true, I'd, hap- true, I'd happily sit true, down and, and walk through a true. few things with you. I'd uh, get my finishers uh, uh, all polished up. I watched like all the finisher videos, like the one that just has like every finisher in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, 
It's a, br- it's a brutal game, but you know it also has a lot of charm. There was, there was, there was yeah. they, they added like friendships now, so you get Jacks yeah. like pulling out a sax and then doing like a facsimile of the epic yeah. sax guy. It's great. Mortal Kombat like has a lot of the, style and panache. I like that the, they took the Doom Eternal route and just doubled down on like the absurdity sometimes and like yeah, <laughs> and like like just like not back down from what they from their from their history. <laughs> I, I the thing the thing that I that I like to think uh, like Ed Boon uh, said uh, in an interview is like when he asked like, do you ever think you're making everything too violent? And he's like. Well, there are some times when we when we design stuff and we're like, you know, mm, this is maybe too much. So we definitely have pulled back from like certain different ideas we had for fatalities. But the the, the core thing that we always want to do is we never want to make someone feel sad. You know, mm-hmm. we never. Mm-hmm. Th- that's why like none of the characters are really like screaming on screen as they're being torn apart or something. It's just like ah, mm-hmm. whoa, ah. You know, it, it Listen, it's it's cartoon. I could watch pretty much every single Mortal Kombat finisher and not be upset but if I watch <laughs> Dalism dance his stupid fucking ass over my body again I, I tilt never... every single time <laughs> Dalism beats me like that stupid dance is like worse than a Fortnite dance on top of your body he, he reined <laughs> it in in a street in Street of Fire 5 now he just meditates over you no I actually I, I should have doubled down it. I wanted them to bring it back that was the best <laughs> like that was the most it like, might it might saltiest. have been slightly <laughs> insensitive which is my <laughs> Could be. I don't. I don't know the history of the dance, but that yeah. dance, that that original was awesome. You can't change that from Street Fighter Two. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just All right. Let's see one. what I have left. Right. The hit boxes. Oh yeah. And the thing I want to say is like so. So for Samurai Showdown, because it has such a long opinion, I was trying to get invested in in the fighting game community, of which we have one uh, here where we live. Mm-hmm. Um, and Special. it was actually the subject of a very good documentary that uh, friend friend of the show Adrian Talens uh, actually helped out in. Along with uh, our, mm-hmm. you know her, Melissa and uh, Kyle, mm-hmm. uh, this documentary they made called Smash Forward, which mm-hmm. is actually about the Smash fighting game community as well that is here local, and mm-hmm. how it has changed and affected people's lives for the better, um, giving them a place to like meet other people or like make a space where they could like express themselves and and that's kind of express what I really like about fighting games. Uh, so I just wanted to 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 drop that there to to let people know that like hey if you also want to get into fighting games but it seems daunting to do it on your own, you're never really alone. There's a wealth of different groups out there that you can be a part of, and I know it's scary, I know it's challenging to like get into a group for the first time, but these are some of the the, the nicest and most welcoming people that you can go into. Like in better times, go to a, to go to a public venue where they host these things. There's many online. It usually only costs like five to ten to fifteen dollars a day to just hang out and play games with like-minded people um so really yeah, good opportunity. Some of my Check best out. friends at tournaments through smash yeah yeah like I, I i met some of my best friends through smash tournaments uh it is like a great com- like it's cool to have a community where you're tr- all trying to get better at the same thing yeah. um and that's like a really great way to connect with other people and ever and most people are very willing to teach and like share knowledge and like help everyone get better because everyone like and like even the top players there's always someone better than you that you're looking up to that you're gonna be like i'm not as good as this person so everyone's got a little bit of humbleness to them yeah or at least they should if they're a good good player if if, if they're good people if they're if they're worth getting to know (laughs) (laughs) true yeah yeah yeah. uh so that's just wanted to name drop that that's smash forward you can find it uh very great documentary liked it nice um and that's 
that's about it I have for fighting games. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, oh. I'm I'm down to play some some Mortal Kombat one of these days. <laughs> I I would love to. All right, are we gonna are we gonna then go to like a different sort of fight? Yeah, uh, much gears. much bigger uh, entities yeah. fighting. Well, we, we don't really um, need to spend too much time on this since we're running on time, but I think it's important to also talk about because it is wild to me. It is wild. So, uh, Ken, do you want to describe this uh, fight between Apple and Epic? Uh, yeah, so I'm not sure uh, how far you've dug into this, but I'll share what uh, I kind of know. So um, Epic has been working on uh, this plan of theirs for a while. Um, so amongst all of the uh, platform providers, Steam, um, Android, you know, the, app, the Apple App Store, they all charge a 30% um fee to advertise and sell your stuff on their on their platform um and so this is a, a contract that epic entered into when they put the fortnite app onto the store however uh epic is challenging that in that um they decided to put in their own in-app like payment system that circumvents apple's app store payment system which is against the terms of service uh, that mm -hmm. apple like provides um, so what happened was they put it in, right? Um, they, uh, there was a bit of conversation between Tim Cook and, um, Epic's, uh, uh, top management saying like, uh, not Tim Cook, sorry, Apple saying that, um, they never gave Apple any warning about this particular code. They they, they submitted code that didn't have it in, like in it. And then they reviewed that and approved that. And then when they actually submitted, they submitted an entirely different set of code, which has the in-app payment. So it's essentially to surprise like Apple um, at the same time. And so um, Apple responded by uh, banning Fortnite off the app store. Um, but also going even further um, and then banning and preparing um, to remove all instances of Epic's Unreal Engine in on on uh, on the App Store as well. So that means like this would have possibly produced like this would this will possibly affect people who are just using the Unreal Engine to develop other games that are not oh. Fortnite based onto on the Apple software platform as well. Um, they're going so far as even to revoke the Apple developer licenses to anyone working on Epic, meaning you won't be able to develop an, an Unreal game uh, on an Apple device. You know wow. uh, how you cannot create an, I, uh, an iTunes app without a Apple device? You can't mm -hmm. use an Android device to make it. That's, that's, that's what they're going to be enforcing as well. I hadn't so, heard about that part. Yeah, so the the litigation is is complex in a, a number of levels. So Apple fired back with this, which is um, well, let's get into what we think about it a bit later. I'll just lay out all the facts as okay. I know them first. Um, so Apple did this, and then Epic, in a like chess like move, they knew that they they baited pretty much Apple into doing this. They knew that Apple was going to respond in a not just removing the app but in an overextension of their kind of powers because right after a apple um banned them from the app store and the rest of the the measures that he's talked about epic automatically came back with an um anti-monopoly lawsuit um where they're 
explicitly in that lawsuit they're saying they're not looking for any monetary gains but they're they're saying that apple has produced a monopolistic like uh has monopolistic like control over this ecosystem um and puts down a number of arguments uh to say that they should be able to compete with them in this market and that this monopoly should be broken up hmm. okay um this has a lot of ramifications uh like like the what i just talked about with all other like epic unreal uh developers um but i don't know if there's any further development upon that but in addition to epics like rebuttal um they had like a video produced in like a fortnite type video where they mock apple's earlier like happily 1990s advertisement where apple was in this same situation fighting against microsoft complaining that microsoft had a monopolistic um control over the market right as mm -hmm. back when apple was fighting microsoft uh, in the exact same way so it's it is crazy it, it, there's a lot of different things going on here like the things that you have to like think about is one um epic is a giant company and so is apple Epic would not have developed an entire app payment system and an app and gone through all the processes of game development to submit it knowing that it was going to fail, right? And then they obviously had like a whole bunch of document and court cases like way in back. Like no one goes up to them and be like, oh, oh, wait a minute. We aren't allowed to have in-app purchases? Well, I just happen to have this freaking like lawsuit ready that has like a bunch of research and a freaking multimedia video produced already on the topic, right? Yeah. So they were 100% ready. A whole Fortnite event even. A whole Fortnite event. Um. So yeah, that's where it is right now. That, that, one's, that, that case is being brought to uh the judges and uh yeah what do you think oh man i don't know what to think because there's so many layers here i, I do know one the one thing that, that that i am very confident about is that i don't like how they're weaponizing their their audience for it so who are you talking about right now uh epic Right. In in a way. I, I in that, think in the, I, this Fortnite videos and stuff. Yeah. I want, I want to say as a disclaimer that I'm usually on board for a lot of Epic's policy. I think they are extremely developer friendly in a way that they do like the ten percent uh royalties only after a certain period of the uh of a game that's sold on the Epic game store. Um I like that. Um they they are then putting more money into actual development and getting people paid in a way right now that they yeah, have so the, this so newfound fortnite money but yeah. the, the, that trade that 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 show really kind of not show what do you even call it <laughs> the propaganda piece it's a, it's a it's a media uh pr the media PR thing where, where it's called the 1984 app where they paint like Apple as this tyrant that has this like controlling the means of production and, and things like that. Um, and then the Fortnite character is like hurling the, uh, the what that Fortnite horse jockey thing is into mm -hmm. the screen as if like they're, they're breaking the foundations and they're asking their players to rise up and hashtag free Fortnite. Mm -hmm. Like I see, I see. It's a smart move. It's a smart they're, move, right? Yeah, it's a. Th these are both very tactical moves that you have to understand that these are, like, like them or not. Whether you, you know, whatever you think about Apple, whatever you think about Epic, large corporate entities act like 
like bloodthirsty sharks because they have to in the ecosystem of business and especially lawsuits um you know it it is a very competitive and very very serious like like strategizing type of work and what epic is doing i also don't agree with either the whole idea of like rallying your community but what they're trying to do is uh sway, sway the public opinion Right. Because Mm -hmm. what what essentially is happening right now is they knew this was going to happen. They're bringing up a case to break up the Apple monopoly. Yeah. And what it is, is it essentially a direct attack, a corporate versus corporate attack? Yeah. This is this Um, is this is corporate warfare that we're watching right now. This is well, it's 100 percent corporate warfare. This is exactly this is exactly what it looks like. And the thing that I think is important for most people to to like realize is that is exactly what this is right yeah yeah and and, uh, and the problem that i have with like sort of the, the media ads and like that is when you say stuff like hashtag free Fortnite is is epic is the one that caused this to happen because it is an attack on their behalf like they are the ones that got their their own app banned right but they're paying the message as if this is some sort of a malicious attack on apple who like despite i don't agree with all their policies i think like 30 percent royalties is egregious uh um for a company of that size as well to take even on like smaller small projects um but to paint it as if apple maliciously took fortnite off because most people don't have an awareness of even what happened right there's guides on the internet explaining like here's a parent's guide as to why your child can't play fortnite on their device right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yeah that seems that seems so slimy and wrong in a way that I I didn't think Epic was 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 capable of doing because you you see this sort of stuff happen with them when uh like this was all well and good when when the fight was to make Sony enable crossplay right uh. I I I kind of see what you're talking about. I don't necessarily. So w- when Sony w- when thing. when Fortnite had crossplay between like the mobile phones, the PC and and Xbox, the only one that wasn't playing game was Sony, right? They didn't want crossplay, and eventually mm-hmm. Fortnite grew to like a level that they couldn't ignore. And Epic campaigned extremely hard to get crossplay to be enabled on Sony's mm-hmm. platform, and eventually when that happened. That blew the doors open for so many other titles. Titles like Call of Duty, Rocket League, um, Dauntless. So what I think is a bit dangerous. Uh, I'll give you the both sides of it because I don't, I, I I don't particularly. I'm I'm reserving judgment in terms of uh, assigning any malice to their actions. Yeah. I'm trying to think of it strategically as what they're they're trying to do because uh, when these companies are that large, like the cost of malice is usually pretty high. Almost everything is very much like a, a dollars type of bid, right? And this is, just, in my head, this is uh, like Epic's gambit to open the market so that they can enter in uh, into this like massively untapped market for them. Mm-hmm. But what I see is that like, I the act of submitting an app that they knew was gonna get banned by Apple like it's not as malicious in my opinion um because it's very commonly how a lot of laws are changed Mm because then what they do like uh, this this is i don't want to give this example because it's not like not nearly the same realm of importance but like like let's say like let's talk about rosa parks who sat in the back of the like back on the in the front of the bus right Mm. like Mm. people don't always know that she knew she was going to get arrested 
and that she oh, had I the thought, back. I thought she absolutely knew. I thought that was yeah, the whole she, point no, no, of it. A lot of people, a lot. I'm saying a lot of people don't realize. Uh, oh, the, really? The, okay. Yeah, that she knew that she was going to be arrested, and that she had like the civil rights movement backing her up the entire time, right? And that's 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 the type of legal precedent that like the way that a lot of these things work is that they have to submit something so that they can bring this particular case up to up to up to like the supreme supreme court or whatever to make a judgment so that the rest of the precedent can rule yeah now that's not to say that this isn't like possibly slimy because um in general, it's a very aggressive business business move to go after someone else's business, right? Like, like if you were a small time business owner and you do this to someone else, this is extremely aggressive, right? Mm-hmm. But it's so it's like almost normalized when I think of super large companies because super large companies become almost required to act in a certain way to to like um like to please their shareholders and to maintain their stocks just based off of the way that the U.S. economic system works. Right. So there on the one hand, there's that side where I don't find Epic particularly um, evil for doing the particular case. But I do think that this there isn't there isn't uh, a whole this. It isn't completely like uh, like good, like the way that they're painting it, because um, someone brought this up. And this is actually a very, 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 very big part of the um, uh, lawsuit that um, not everyone understands is that um, if epic goes through and say succeeds in this lawsuit and because of the way the u.s courts take precedence this is this can possibly affect um so many game companies because they're essentially saying that because apple owns the hardware and they own the app ecosystem and they own the software that they are they are a monopolistic company and that uh, they should be broken up so that epic should be allowed on their app store right Hmm. now what's to say that that anyone can now do the same thing with Nintendo and saying that now I should be able to get onto the Nintendo store because you own the means of production, you own the software, and you own the hardware. Yeah. Right? Sony, Xbox, Xbox Live, for example. Mm-hmm. Now Xbox Live is a store, like like there that's its own ecosystem. That's its own property, right? This has so many more ramifications down a possible larger scope of the gaming industry that like to me, that's why it's kind of fascinating because I don't know what's going to happen when you are starting. Like, if the possibility of this case affecting other companies like this, yeah, it's going to bring everyone out to the door. And it, and and unless it's like a, a a definite throwout case, and I don't know enough about law to be able to say it is. Yeah, if there's a chance that this could possibly go through, it's going to snowball into something much bigger as other players become vested, like become much more vested into this situation, right? Yeah. And in terms of whether it's right or wrong, like I, I can't tell because on the one hand, I freaking despise Apple's ecosystem, like in terms of its like user UI philosophy. Or even like um, control on like content that you can actually even put on. Yeah, like they, they control all the content. They, they it, it very much is like a, a advertising like a total marketing. vertical slice. Exactly, right? Like it's it's very anti competitive in terms of its like con- complete control over the ecosystem. I also understand what other people will say like they they do want someone that's like oh I can trust one source and I can like go to them and I know that the quality is a certain level of this and I know that it's a certain level of security right that's also why people go to the app store and that's why they allow like 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 the all of them to like the all their phones to have access to their credit cards Mm because they trust the Apple ecosystem right Mm -hmm. but if this this precedent is set and it breaks through all these like closed digital 
ecosystems that could have a lot more ramifications that are not thought about that are ultimately like negative yeah right so I, I I do I don't think app I don't think Apple would or Epic would not know this coming into the lawsuit. So that's my concern is like like how much do they what are, what are they really trying to get at? Is this just a show where it's like hey we want to bring up this matter as a matter of public discourse in the you know U.S. business ec- ecosystem and loss ecosystem, or is this trying to target one thing by at, pretending to target another thing? You know? Yeah, that's that's. That's a good point. Um, I hadn't even considered how you're right. Absolutely, this could affect other ecosystems, and that—that's the part that confuses me about my feelings on the subject. Because I think about it, and I'm like, yeah, wouldn't it be great if you could put a game on a store and you would get 100% of the profits from it? Wouldn't that be awesome? Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, I'm like, but they do own the platform and they are offering a service by hosting it. Are they not entitled to some sort of cut on that? Yeah, which which is weird because that's not normally how I would think about things. I'm very much in favor. Well, it becomes really, it really becomes muddy because, like, when we think about typical capitalism rules to keep capitalism in check, like for one of the one of the bigger ones is that you don't let um, one person control like a full uh, vertical integration of the of the entire pipeline. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a big thing about monopolies back in the '90s with business, and you yeah. know, the U.S. ruled the other way that they're allowed to have massive conglomerates that own everything. And and look at kind of like where the system is now, where you have a few corporations that own like a like fifty or more percent of the entire ecosystem of the businesses. They control all sorts of production. Because in a regular sense, like if 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 this was like a more, um, like let's say ideal capitalistic economy, like Epic could be able to go there and be like, hey, uh, we want to offer you to be able to sell games for twenty percent and undercut them by by ten percent. That's competitiveness, right? Like if they're offering something for better for less, then mm-hmm. you should be able to go over to them. But the problem is that the users that are there that are established in a current industry are already under monopolistic policies, so they can't act. They don't actually have a choice. You're saying that, oh, they could go to Epic and then go to Epic Store. But because there's already a monopoly that controls all of the iPhone market or oligopoly that controls all of the Android market, there's actually no actual way for them to compete. It's a uh, barrier to entry that is prohibitively too hard for any other um, companies to come into. Now that's the argument that like they would be making. Yeah, right? and the thing that I wonder about that, like me not me not knowing anything about law, only knowing mm. about how to make video games. Um, <laughs> yeah. The thing that I got to wonder is not the option then like what store you, you operate in because like Epic is offering their own sort of discounts on their Epic game store, right? Yeah, it, the only thing is is that you can't have an Epic store on Apple. Period. They don't yes, allow but any other stores. Fortnite right? is available on their store. Fortnite is available on Android. Fortnite is available on iOS. It's available on PS4. It's available on it's, Xbox. It's not. It's not. A, it's not available on iOS anymore. This is the. This That's is true. The thing. Apple t- took it all off, and 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 it was only available because they did not circumvent their payment system on any of them, right? Like, um, they they did this to the mobile app, so it doesn't affect affect Sony and Microsoft yet. But they did this at Android as well, and and Google is just waiting right now because they're waiting to see what happens from this lawsuit before they mm. pull, but they pull that that app out. But in the meantime, like you know, like Google has much more lenient about its payment systems than Apple is, where Apple has like a yeah. very like vice like lockdown. 
So I well, like, 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 like yep. Xbox streaming is only available on Android specifically because of that, because you exactly. could, you yeah. could buy a, an, an Xbox game through, through mm-hmm. the app and, but and this, the Android this, was this, okay with it. Yeah. This, this, like, it's very interesting when you insert a different company, because then, like, would you be okay if Xbox wanted to have, like, Halo on the PlayStation Store, com- 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 like, competing against, like, Sony Online? Like, like do they deserve the right to be on the PlayStation Store? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, they did, honestly, they put, they are putting Halo Infinite on Steam. Well, that that's, that's different. Like, that's, that's, like, a platform that still Microsoft is making up. This they're not trying to put it onto a PlayStation platform. I know, and right? that's the part that I wonder. Like, maybe <laughs> is that even a thing that could happen? Well, the pro this is this they were is wanting the to put Xbox that... games on Switch not that long ago. Remember? It like that's that's like a partnership thing. This is like forcing someone that doesn't want to have your product onto their store. This is that would be the difference. Like they're yeah. talking about having games on the Switch. Is like, oh, can the developer partner with you know Nintendo and? Is Microsoft cool with them game? Oh, the, game the Xbox Game Pass on Switch was that the, that the thing they were talking about? I'm not. Uh, I actually didn't follow that, but the difference in that being like rather than a business transactional deal, the Epic is essentially suing for their right to be on yeah. the App Store, yeah. right, with their own own amount. So, a part of me says this is really unlikely because um, it would set it would such such a drastic precedent. But the fact that Epic did it anyways and invested so much money makes me think that maybe they know something about the law or they know something about yeah, it's weird, right? Like, who knows what else? Like, I I've never felt more like uh like this is like you know we're just ants and these are like gods playing you know like they have agendas and access to resources, including pos- both sides have access to um very shady resources like 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 uh like um. Uh, govern people who uh, uh, proposition the government. What are they called? Uh, Legislators, uh, lobbyists. lobbyists, lobbyists. Both of them have like every big game company has access to lobbyists, and like you know that is a very uh, run around the system type of like um, uh, strategy to be using, right? So, mm-hmm. and 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 as a public, uh, we the public don't get a chance to see any of that, so we don't know nearly as much as about what could possibly be going out we can only kind of react to things as they come yeah. they come out um but i'm very interested this seems like one of the bigger cases that might be brought up because uh let like epic is uh a massive company and also let's not forget this also breaks into u.s politics because it's not a u.s owned company right hmm. and there is a whole bunch of politics going around right that so the, just the idea that these these massive entities are are playing like forty chess up there right now, and we're just kind of watching them. And you know, to guess as to what the outcome would be is is silly because there's yeah. so much information that we have no idea about. Um, all I can say is like, there's it's tough because it almost feels like someone is using a good cause for a bad thing. Like I agree with the fact that Apple has a poor monopoly, like a bad monopoly right now. I don't necessarily agree that this is the way to address that issue. Yeah, um, certainly not right? by like tricking the public into supporting them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I, I, I made this example for people who are like defending. You know, people are defending both sides, but people who are defending the Apple side. I was like, just imagine if Comcast had uh, this level of control over something. Would you, would you let them to have that? Mm-hmm. Like, would you be okay with Comcast? the most hated company in the US right now, like controlling everything about your iPhone, all the software that you have to develop and all the games that you have on it. Like 
it would be terrible. Yeah. People are very much happy with Apple because they've been providing them with what they feel is an equitable like trade off for for this ecosystem that they've had. Mm -hmm. But I have always felt that it's ultimately a bad thing, and now this is kind of exposing. It's like when it's like when you rely on foundation that isn't solid. This is the problems that can come up. Now they're they're weak against this because now they have they might have to make like uh, the the you know a uh, choice between two bad options. Right? They have yeah. to either defend a monopolistic uh, property or or um, yeah company, or they break down and allow chaos to kind of happen uh, in the market. Right? Yeah. So interesting. No idea what's gonna happen. No idea what's gonna happen. Yeah. Do you think yeah. if this works, do you think they then go after PlayStation and Microsoft? I think that if this sets precedent, then they won't necessarily need to. But they that I think that's their part of their overall goal. Like Epic is not doing the best in the platform like a uh, uh, type of like industry. Their market share for versus Steam and the App Store is like very small and then you know they're you know they're also getting against blizzards like app launcher and everyone has their own app launcher right now origins right ea um so they don't seem to have as much to offer in terms of developers yeah so free it, games it, free games they also have the lowest like cost to like shit like to release like you mentioned like 10 yeah. or something like that right but like um I think that this might be what they're trying to do is to open up the, the floodgates and then have everyone be equal now. And now, like, if they're able to get onto the app store with their 10% or whatever it is, like, that's going to be, they're going to be able to cash that in through all the different, um, like, through Steam and whatever else too, right? So I think it's a massive, massive win. Like, when they say that they're not seeking any monetary gains, it's because they would make so much more money than whatever, than whatever that they would uh, might be able to get from mm -hmm. this lawsuit, right? If they just like, if they just win this lawsuit. So, is there a thing like, uh, like the way they put this code, you you would you would be directly using, uh, like your Epic Store account and purchasing so, through the Epic Store account, correct? What they what they did was like, if you bought money through the App Store, the iTunes App Store, it costs a certain amount, and then they offered a discount if you bought through Epic Store instead within um, the app. Or, or I don't like even know it, if it's. I don't or, even know it's within like the app. Buy, you buy it in the Epic Store with your and then it account. Would transfer yeah. To, to your yeah. Account. Exactly. It goes. It goes to your account, so you bypass that store at all. Gotcha. And they also offered a discount to like whatever right. the cost is. So it was. It was a very, very aggressive, very much like there's no way Apple would have not taken down the app, but because Apple also went down and like went after all the developers and threatened all this other stuff, that it just it played into it their hands. It makes them look pretty they, bad, right? It makes them look terrible because it shows exactly what a monopolistic player would do in a situation like this like if if anyone is threatening your monopoly you, they just say f you <laughs> you're you're you you don't get to play anymore right yeah um and so that is not a great case even like if even though i might think that apple should win this lawsuit like like it just showcases that they've got some like yeah. some problems of their own yeah, well they took the ball and they went home <laughs> yeah yeah, they just said that you're not allowed to play anymore, like which is uh, their right to do in the they current ecosystem. They do own the ecosystem. ball. They do own the ball, right? They're, they're like, yeah, they're like, like, but, but then like everyone kind of kind of wants to play, and mm. well, I think it's just because it's the current ecosystem and they're allowed to do it right now, and no one challenged them before. Yeah, um, and the only person that 
that might have wanted to challenge them made their own competitor, which is Google, right? Yeah. And, and Microsoft is ch- trying to like they're these people who are so b- are big enough to challenge them are usually doing their own product. And then this is the first time that one of the people who are trying to do their own project has now turned and said like we need to we can't just grow organically. We have to like take a piece of the yeah. rest of the pie. I feel like this is like the biggest uh, development difference to consumer difference ratio we've ever seen. <laughs> what, do you and, mean? And like, what do you mean? Well, it's like for consumers, it's like, well, because I can't play Fortnite on an iPad. For the developers, it's like, yo, 20 mm. years of development is going to might change forever. <laughs> like, it's very, very interesting. Um, the landscape of digital like platforming has changed so much in the last 20 years. Like in the last 20 years, we've gone some brick and mortar shops as the predominant way to, to sell games mm-hmm. to now onto like digital platforms. Um, that's a huge shift. Yeah. The entire the entire market shifted it to that to that right now, right? So that was a massive shift, and I think now this is like settling out in terms of now everyone realizes the new like playing field that they're in, and they realize that like they aren't. Everyone's trying to wrestle the most control over it right now. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting times you live in. It's crazy. It's crazy. Another crazy twenty twenty piece of shit to deal with. Well, I feel like this is still the least of my worries. Video games are least of my worries, except that it's the industry that I work in. So it's yeah. a little bit... It's like the long-term worry. I'm like, I wonder how this is going to play out. I don't need to be invested because I have no zero like effect on the outcome. Yeah. But I need to react to the outcome once we realize what happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. How long is this going to take? Probably like three, four we, months we, to resolve? Not years? sure. Um, Epic put an injunction in to stop apple from taking their game off before the court order happens mm. um but then if they if that is allowed then essentially app uh they'll be allowing epic to circumvent the app store until they figure it out because the <laughs> the in-app payments are already and in the meanwhile there. they're making cash and money yeah so they put like epic was smart about this and to put them in a very like like catch 22 situation crazy yeah. Yeah. all right Anything else crazy happening in your life, Ken? Or uh, are we no, all settled for the it. day? Pretty much settled for the day. Just going to relax now, do some painting. Nice. I'm going to yeah. go out to edit our videos, try my new editing software. Excellent. Figure Excellent. out what we're going to do. Um, I got Ring Fit Adventure in, finally. Ring Fit Adventure? Ring Fit Adventure. It's Switch Ring Fit Adventure, the one with the uh, aerobics wheel. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah true, true. The, how, the, how are you liking that? Yeah, I literally that? got it today. Okay. It was really it was impossible to find. I managed to get one from Lennon Drugs, which is only <laughs> available in British Columbia. So, all right, you have to let, you have to let me know how it is. <laughs> I will. I'm hoping to get fit. I'm gonna get ripped. <laughs> gonna come onto this show and be all buff like again. <laughs> then you gotta upgrade your PC so you can play Flight, flight Simulator. Sim. Yeah, I was watching a little bit of it. It looks nice, but it looks super it freaking look, It looks so <laughs> beautiful, and I can't run it. It recommends we go to high settings, but then it was chugging. I had to go to, like, medium mm. and turn the resolution scale down to, like, 50%. And even then, I was, like, struggling to hit, like, a stable frame rate. Don't you have a pretty decent computer, too? Yeah, I got it. I got a 1070, right? And, like, Damn. a top-of-the-line, top at-its-time, i5 card with, like, 3.5 gigahertz CPU. Like this my computer's like, my computer's no slouch, but it's this is like Ken, I current top it. tier. Ken, I think we reached it. Flight Dude. Simulator might be the first next gen game. 
<laughs> to come out. Like this, it, it might be it. It's not available on consoles. It requires a really demanding PC. True. It's, we we can't quite tell because I haven't seen enough. It could just be a very poorly built game. Let's not let's not equate super super high requirements to super super high quality. Yeah, it is very. But it does, impressive. It does look it does look very and, nice. And it's got like no. a ninety three on Metacritic. It's like one of the highest rated Microsoft games ever made, beating out Forza Horizon Four. I think there's selection bias there a little bit, in that there. You think are, so? I think that there are not any other competitors, and if you like flight sim, if you're reviewing you flight to, simulator. Yeah, like what do you? What else are you like? What is the competition? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like Fortnite viewing or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm waiting for that Nvidia 30, 3070 card. That's what I'm targeting for. Oh, I'm not gonna no. get a thirty eighty, but I'll get a thirty seventy. Oh, they're so expensive. What? <laughs> they're so expensive. The cards. <laughs> it's, it's, it's only going to be like a thousand dollars, right? Oh my god! <laughs> my TV like was a... double that price. <laughs> That's like a PS5. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, I hope not actually. But it, I, I think I this think thing is like be. shooting for five hundred dollars. I'm excited. I, to get I, I I doubt it's going to be five hundred. I will be pleasantly surprised if it's five hundred. I it would I be pleasantly like surprised it. as well if it's five hundred. That's what the current leaks are. But also the, the the other leaks for the other console are all over the place, so I don't know. But all the leaks, leaks for the PlayStation Five one have been pretty consistent, saying normal console five hundred dollars, discless console four hundred, which seems insane to me. It seems insane. That it seems, seems insane. Like you you're gonna compete with Switch prices, and you're gonna have to like beat beat the next gen level of quality. Like I don't know how you're gonna yeah. do that. I I, I would I would. I would, we'll I would, see. I would believe six hundred and then five hundred for the discless. I, I wouldn't would... even believe six hundred. I, w- I thought it was gonna be seven fifty. No, absolutely I not. I w- I, no, Mm-mm. no. I thought, I think that was gonna be the middle range for me. <laughs> no, never. I, we'll I do see. not, I do not. Never. Think so. Do you forget the eight hundred dollar PS three? <laughs> I think they don't forget about it, which is yeah. exactly why they're not gonna charge that much. Like, we'll keep see. in mind, this is not the most powerful console they could have made. The Series X is. True, but uh, just because there's new production lines for new types of like uh, uh, chips and stuff that they're using exclusively in the PlayStation, unless they found some sort of means of production that like we don't know about. Yeah, <laughs> and they have or, like a, or they probably do at, at a loss. I I would guess yeah, they, they would they sell it. At a loss. I I one hundred percent think they're going to be selling this thing at loss. They have pretty much said as much. Hmm. I I would target. I w- I would say. I'm pretty confident saying it's gonna not cost more than 600 USD, and I would. Okay, I was thinking Can- I was thinking Canadian, so that's probably oh, the no, same thing. we're gonna yeah. we're gonna pay out the butt for this thing. It's gonna be yeah, 750 yeah. or something like yeah, like that's that. so so it's roughly 600. We were thinking about the same thing. Okay, that was my yeah. average price. Yeah, that yeah, was my yeah, yeah, price. yeah. No, yeah. I, I I'm expecting that we will pay around 700 to 750. Yeah, for Canadian. this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's 500, that would pretty amazing i highly doubt that it's gonna be 500 yeah. but we'll see we'll see uh we'll we'll tune back whenever it comes out and we'll review this video <laughs> yeah it'll be november i guess is, is probably when they're they're targeting yeah at least that's yep. when the leaks said so can't be that long until they do a reveal thing i'm excited for it i'm just turning mm-hmm. on our outro music here right now <laughs> so yeah that was the show I lost my voice there. I lost my two lights. You saw my room steadily get darker as I kept trying to compensate for the exposure. But anyway, I'm Louise. That's Ken. Thank you for joining us. Take care of each other. Take care of everyone in the world. 
and we'll see you right here beyond the pixel.